Yeah. Okay. Um, everyone can see the slides, right? Everyone sees everyone uh, sees Henry Henry in the tunnel, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, should we sync up the start of our Audacity files or just like uh, nah, I can do that from Fuck the OBS you can recording. Do it okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, I am I am starting my audio when you hear me say I am starting my audio. Well, okay. likewise. That is, that is what I have been doing. So okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I cool. just started recording. So Yeah, I've been recording. Oh yeah. So okay. yeah, I just I look forward to giving rods inexplicable amounts of noise, bag crackles, uh-huh. real, uh-huh. real yeah, lots, lots, of, lots, of, lots of bag crackling going on right now. Oh, yes. Are you jealous? I got uh, Andy Capps hot fries, dude, so 45 nice. minutes into this uh, podcast I'm going to have what I can only describe as explosive diarrhea. Cool. Very nice. Um, I just took an extremely nasty number two right did, before we started did recording. You? Did you? Yes. Oh, how's, how goes uh, living in an excavation site? Oh, well, yes. very nice. <laughs> Welcome to the bonus episode, everyone. Is this a bonus? Burp. Yeah. This, you, yeah. You, you thought we would, like, inflict this on them for free? No, they have to pay for this kind of degradation. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, How do we go okay. full screen? Uh, okay, there we go. So, so, welcome to the bonus episode. You, you probably already know who we are. And there's uh, some bag crackling going on. Uh, that's the you, slim. You, you may, you may not know who Tom is. Uh, T- Tom, say hello. Hello. Okay. Is that right? Why do you sound like you're being held hostage, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being this treated pod, well by this my pod, captors. This podcast was not recorded under duress, and <laughs> oh, let me get you keys. Sorry, uh, my fiance is uh, heading out. Let me. Get her our okay. one set of keys we have for our car. Bye, sign. Yeah. They said bye. Uh, later. Uh, can I? Oh, yeah. Can I have the slides? Did you give me the slides? Yeah, we do not have the slides. <sighs> we don't have the oh slides. God. You asshole. Yeah, right, you know what we need on. to do the slides. To do this podcast. Slides. 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 I gotta find this now. How's it gonna work with the uh, the video syncing? Badly, uh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> okay. dude, don't worry about it. As, as somebody you asked too many questions, Tom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> somebody uh, on the the fucking um, the Q and A said uh, d- they thought it was really impressive that we managed as a podcast to have a shit ton of crosstalk and a shit ton of dead air, and that's yes. exactly the production value I aspire to. I feel like to. you should have used yes. the Steam logo here. Oh, that would have been smart. No, Actually, I like I've got that. some jokes about how what? the Epic Game Store is really the platform of the future, and yeah, here, I, I've, so I've got my Epic, okay. I've got my Epic Game Store joke here, which is that the Epic Game Store would have been a really funny thing to call Steam in like what 2013. Uh, I don't know. I assume like Justin getting murdered or something. Mm. Justin, were you getting no, I had murdered? No idea what that was. I was not getting murdered. Mm. Oh, thank to my God. knowledge. Unless this is the afterlife. I don't know. Oh, you poor you you just still live in West Philly. Yeah. Mariposa, so, however, only has red pepper flakes, nothing else. Oh my god. I, the ironic punishment department. All right. So today what we're gonna do on this bonus episode is we're gonna talk about steam locomotives. 
Is, is everyone everyone's excited, right? Uh, uh, both me yes. and Liam have been awake for like seventy-two to eighty-six hours. Oh, oh yeah. And so like I, I I am excited to hear uh about steam locomotives as somebody who I I really gotta get Henry's face off my screen. This is like how sad he is. <laughs> uh it's okay. And it gets I, weirder. It gets weirder. I should have left the tunnel. I, you know, that's, that's how I feel whenever I, I go from West Philly into Center City. Just coming out of the L. <laughs> just like, oh boy. <laughs> I, I'm afraid. Where's the Ethiopian food? What's happening to me? Where am I? <laughs> um, yes, I am. I'm very delighted to hear about Steam. And I can only assume Origin, yes. and the Epic Game Store, mm-hmm. yes, and yes, BattleNet. See, uh, learning about the Dampflok. <laughs> <laughs> All right, People. learn me about trains, Roz. Eins, zwei, drei. Come on, go. Okay, hold on. So, what Tom has done is provided us with nice animations oh. to explain. Tom, did you just impose fucking production values on our shitty podcast? How dare you? Yes. (laughs) This is a betrayal of the brand. So this is uh, Cumberland Valley Railroad number 13, the Pioneer, which we're just going to use for sort of the overview of what is steam locomotive? And as we said in the the DMs earlier, it's a series of tubes. Hmm. Oh, no. Uh, So... Yeah, uh-huh. it's like the internet. Um, so there's like major components of it. You know, you have, you know, your boiler, which is the big bluish gray thing. You have your firebox, which is the big square thing with all the rivets on it. Um, we're going to talk a lot about rods and valve gear, specifically something called an eccentric, which if you don't know what that is, if you're watching the podcast, um, take a coin. If you were to imagine you punch a hole off center through it, and then stick a pencil through it and turn it, it will sort of revolve in a way that if you then put a hoop around that, you can convert rotational motion into linear yeah, this motion. Is, this is, this is a this, sort of yeah. spatial reasoning test for those of you to punish you for not watching the YouTube <laughs> and getting us yeah, closer yes. to having the little cool plaques. What you're instead getting yes. is a, a sort Thought of... Thought experiment. Yeah, what you're getting is a, a, an SAT module uh, about yes. how a railroad works. Right. So I I guess like more basic concepts, like what's the difference between a steam engine and a steam locomotive? A steam engine is just like the cylinders and rod setup that moves something. A steam locomotive is sort of the package deal. Yeah. You have your boiler um, to provide heat for it. And it's carried on a platform, which is on wheels. So it's all a self-contained thing rather than separate entities. Um little brief overview we classify locomotives uh steam locomotives specifically using something called the white system which counts the number of wheels based on what kind of wheels they are so this locomotive pioneer is a 222 meaning it has two small pilot wheels in front which carry weight two driving wheels in the middle which actually provide tractive force and then two trailing wheels in back which additionally carry weight and in this case, it's a tank engine, so we would call it a 222T. Mm. And also, I should I, add, the higher the number of, like, of those numbers in the white system, the more of those numbers are zero, the funnier the train looks. Yes. Yes. 
I am a, I'm a huge fan of a zero two zero, which is just that's just a segue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a vertical boiler steam segue. <laughs> Very sophisticated computer system to keep it upright, but um, but you know, it's still a steam train. Yeah, Alice, what if I told you there is an O two O in this podcast somewhere? Oh shit! All right, full like someone actually built one. Yeah. Uh, did did we do the introduction yet? We, oh, we're, sim- we? we're simply not doing that. Okay. Nobody knows no, who you are, so if you want to be like, yeah, hi, I'm Tom Colassi. Yeah. I, I told you to say hi before, and then you, you simply hi. said hi. I, I, yeah, you were just I ch- like... I choked, yeah. What's, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I'm... You know the other three. I'm Tom Coletti. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, I do a lot of weird, odd jobs that require knowledge of steam locomotives. Like, I paint them. I do photo restoration of them. I do uh, building and restoring of brass models of them. So all none of them are real jobs, but they all require the knowledge I'm going to try to share with you today. So that's Tom, why I'm Tom, here. Tom was also in the elevator video. Yes. Uh, we the looked one at you're my... allowed to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah not, not the one where you doxed me. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't Sorry. do it on purpose to be fair yeah. oh i know it's just the the, the elevator <laughs> slips have the address on them which that yeah. thing expired earlier this year it hasn't been uh re-inspected yet that'll be fun very nice oh good uh shit so okay. we we've learned sort of the general sort of conceptual stuff let's learn how a steam locomotive actually works make steam hot push thing Spicy yes. rocks. Okay. Is it spicy rocks? <laughs> yeah. So this is a cutaway model. As Justin said on episode eight of Franklin before, a steam locomotive runs on water and heat. In this case, the heat is provided by a fuel source. In this case, wood, which burns in a firebox, which is a sheath of metal inside the boiler. And between those two walls, you have water, which the heat goes through the firebox metal into the water and boils it and creates steam. The hot gases from the fire exhaust also goes through a series of flues through the boiler. That's those horizontal lines going from the firebox to the front. And then that exhaust goes up the stack. The additional heat from the flues helps to um, create more heating surface rather than just the direct heating surface from the fire. Um, Inside the boiler, that heated steam is what's called saturated steam. In later locomotives, they would heat it again, and that would create superheated steam. But in this case, we have a saturated locomotive, so the water's or the steam's going to be fairly wet with condensation, but it gets drier usually the further away from the water line. That's why you collect the steam in a steam dome, so that if water level increases or it foams over, you're not going to get water into your cylinders. Otherwise, you'll just hydraulic them and blow a cylinder head out. But then the steam goes, when the throttle is open, it's collected from the steam dome through the dry pipe into what's called a steam chest. And inside there, there is a valve which goes back and forth and directs steam to either one side of the piston or the other based on the position of the wheels and rods. And so as the steam opens to one valve, it pushes the the piston back. And as it gets to the end of the stroke, the valve gear will move the valve to the other side and allow the steam to push it the other way. And on the back end of each stroke, you have in black, the steam exhaust is collected and put through an exhaust port. That black then mixes with the orange of the fire exhaust and both go up the stack, and that helps to pull on the draft of the locomotive and helps the fire burn hotter, helps to create more steam. The cycle continues. 
Um, now on these old wood burners as well, you'll notice um, there's a lot of spark and cinders being thrown off from the wood fire that is collected in a smokestack. Um, this is a, a, you know, Wild West engine. So it has, you know, a big balloon stack with a conical baffle and spark arresters in there. And that helps to catch the ash and cinders so they don't just shoot out in the field and set everything on fire. Ah. Nothing, nothing's yes. fun anymore. You're not allowed to just burn down the countryside <laughs> either side yeah, of the railroad. Right. Just like 30 <laughs> miles an hour, just your own, you're your own traveling fireworks show. Yeah. Well, I mean, people people still burn the country down. They just do it based on what, you know, genitals or kid has, which is kind of dumb. <laughs> oh. uh, didn't, uh, then, didn't, didn't one of the uh, narrow gauge local... Uh, Railroads out in Colorado just cause a major wildfire. Uh, yeah, the Durango and Silverton, and because of that, they're converting all of them to uh, oil firing. Oh, <laughs> I, I actually I agree with the choice. Um, it's much easier on a fireman's back if he could work a uh, an atomizer rather than shoveling coal all day. Yes, let, but let workers be comfortable, Roz. <laughs> <laughs> Counterpoint: um, Oil-fired locomotives are bourgeois decadence. It's true. Ooh. You need uh, you need the you um, need the you, shoveling, you need the, yeah, uh, the real real proletarian aspect to it of shoveling. You know, that's 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 how you put people like Jeremy Clarkson in their place. <laughs> look, look, uh, look, not not breaking your back every day is champagne socialism. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. If, if you are um, if you are not a completely broken man by the age of thirty two. <laughs> You're, 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 that's bourgeois decadence. This, this is usually about that's how PMC. long firemen lasted. That's um, some just doubled shit, over right? at thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I served the proletariat, I the did. Two, the <laughs> two foundational texts of my politics: state and revolution, and sixteen tons. Yes. Oh, I just remembered one last thing to get from this di uh, diagram: is that as you are converting water to steam and using it your boiler will start to deplete its water supply, so you need a way to put water into the boiler. This is usually difficult because the boiler is pressurized. Early locomotives like this use something called a crosshead pump, and that is what's between the tender cistern and the firebox. Basically, it is a plunger on an eccentric with a pair of one-way valves, which are just a ball bearing on a seat. And so as the plunger is pulled out, it draws water in from the tender. As it pushes forward, the lower valve closes, and the upper valve lifts, and that allows you to push water into the boiler. You know, you have a small plunger pushed by, you know, the power from a larger piston. So, you know, uh, the hydraulics rules or whatever, it allows you to use a big force to push a little thing to overcome that boiler pressure. Um, and yeah. that's how that works. That works. Yeah. All right. And it We've works for it. a long time. Have you heard of my IRA political strategy? The bullet and the firebox. <laughs> uh, oh boy! Thank you, thank you. Yes, at that at least Alice laughed. That's all I need. Low after comedy, baby. <laughs> Listen, we're both we're the two extremely sleep deprived ones. So of course the comedy yeah. stylings are going to work for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. This very serious train podcast is getting. Derailed. Oh, yeah, it's a total train wreck. Ah, Just, ah, 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 <laughs> shut ah. up, Roz. How many of your bad jokes have I laughed at? <laughs> Hundreds, if not thousands. <laughs> I've audibly <laughs> groaned to like a joke that Justin put in like a uh, actual video on his channel. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I see jokes that like. He and I came up with and just like bantering back and forth, like that Alexander Hamilton was a big dumb idiot asshole, mm. and I'm just like, ah, 
I'm not as funny as I think I am, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how steam locomotives work. We should talk a little bit about sort of the long and arduous journey of how we got there. Um, steam was invented uh, in 1974 by Jonathan Steam. Yes. I was going to say Edward Steamus, but yeah. No. Well, one of the earliest ones is like the Romans came up with what's his hero of Alexandria invented the alio pile, a- alia pile, whatever a, it's called. The Yeah, he invented that. And the Oopaloopas separately, totally separately. Weird guy. Well, I mean, the Romans did like their slaves. He invented the bowl with the tube on it. Which he used as like a novelty to like open temple doors because apparently like Roman temples were just fully on some Disneyland shit. Yeah. Just thinking about Disneyland now, ever since like the pre show discussion where we just started talking about Disneyland, I'm just like, man. Should do a show about I wasn't Disneyland. There, I wasn't there for that. No. I mean, no. D- Disneyland opening day is an engineering disaster. You could totally right. talk about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, shit. Do I do the notes or just Tom do the notes? Because Tom did all the slides because I didn't do shit. I'll do it. <laughs> um, this is this is this is my week. Oh, this is yeah, Tomcast. Tom yeah. This is the Tomcast. <laughs> so Steam was in Roman times, you know, a novelty was, oh, look at this funny ball spin. And then they sort of left it at that until the early 1700s when Thomas Newcomen and James Watt started using low pressure steam engines to pump water out of mines. And that is the picture right next to it. What technologies do we have right now that we're just using for novelty purposes that in 200 years people are going to be like, yo, they were fucking idiots for not using this. You know, there's the like... Internet. <laughs> yeah, the, the internet. internet. <laughs> the, the internet. There's, yeah. so much, there's so much fucking space wasted on the internet for just like every frame of every Spongebob episode <laughs> that they just upload in order. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, use this to make uh, podcasts. Storage is cheap, Tom. <laughs> Uh, those fryers, you know those uh those those little novelty lights where you could the plasma lights you can stick your hands on and then it like jumps to your hand. That's gonna cure cancer somehow. I can feel it. <laughs> Magic <laughs> eye books. Yeah. yeah, but if you just look past the picture, That's right, you can see a bird, <laughs> and that will and that will get us to 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 Saturn mm-hmm. or Europa. Hundred yeah. percent. And so, and so. uh God, now I know how Roz feels every time he does this. <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> you just got. You just got. You just got to just gotta charge you over people. It's okay. Yeah. I I don't have charts. I have moving uh, wizard pictures, so we're good. Um. So steam was a stationary object for a very long time. Um. Eventually, in the 1700s, they also had the idea, sort of, as they were developing it for stationary purposes. What if we use this to power a vehicle? And in, I believe, 1769 or 1770, the French decided to build this big, stupid steam cart. And I want to know if you all can see what's wrong with this design. Oh. Where do you put the bayonet? How, how how you say uh, how, how to add the cannon to? Uh... <laughs> well, well, theoretically, you could put one on the back, but ideally, that's where the boiler should have been. It was cantilevered over the steering wheel, and you could see them trying to turn it, 
It turns out it did not turn and it just crashed right through a wall. And they, and they just, they did not bother with this anymore. It also had, it didn't have a proper crank or anything. It just ran on a ratchet system, which meant that in addition to not being able to steer it, it's just throwing you forward and back constantly. Nice. While you're trying to stand up and steer this horrible, horrible contraption. That looks um, tight. I no, like just, the it, it, three wheels. It looks like every guy who got an instant pot for Christmas. And it's like, look at all the shit I can make with this. And every Oh, this is what they use to blow up the Boston Marathon. That makes so much sense. I hate to rat out my roommate. But uh but uh, my roommate Megan, who's not here to defend herself, asked uh Corinne, my girlfriend. Uh, what would happen? Like, what happens if an instant pot, like, basically is left unattended and steam builds up? And Crit had to be like, it's a bomb. Hmm. <laughs> like, they yeah. use that to blow up the Boston Marathon. And I just, okay. yeah. So and this what is what just happens. Is there's a safety valve? Uh, listen, you know that wasn't why... invented yet. That was not invented yeah, no, yet. No, this, this. I'm sorry, Ross. Take another look at this picture. You tell me if there's a safety valve. <laughs> the safety valve is one French that guy's man. Doing this, that, that guy's doing this in breaches. Yeah, the, the, safety valve, the safety valve is we kill the person who might try to build another one. <laughs> and so another problem with these the safety is that... valve is the guillotine. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Um, another problem with a lot of road vehicles is. Oddly, a lot of the first steam vehicles that they try to build were made for roads. The problem with that is roads were <laughs> shitty at this time. Um, there were horse-drawn tramways, but they didn't really think to combine the two steam vehicles and horse-drawn tr tramways until... Next slide. This guy, oh, Richard Trevithick... Um, Oh, he, he was startled. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how Victorians were. It took hey. this guy like whatever ten hours to have his portrait painted, and he looks like <laughs> someone just peeled back a shower curtain on him. <laughs> hey. Oh, I just you like, come in there, guy who's been standing his, in my foyer all his day. Exact expression <laughs> is you seeing this shit? He's like, hey, look over there. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> and so uh, Richard Trevithick, Cornishman, got really interested in the idea of building steam vehicles and oh, he boy. knew that he had to use high yeah. pressure steam um you could, you could <laughs> stick on this for a bit because a lot of the early steam engines that were built were low pressure steam because uh, james watt specifically thought that high pressure steam was too dangerous that you know it could blow up and Richard Trevithick, um, yeah, based on conservative ideas that, like it's a bad idea yeah. to ride around on a bomb Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the first the first engine he built was a stationary engine. I haven't pictured that here because it's you know not a big development beyond what Thomas Newcomen and James Watt built. Um, but he started building the first thing, which is just below his portrait, the Puffing Devil, which is a another road vehicle. <laughs> um, it it was the first thing of... to vape. Yes, <laughs> get it, you vape as you're crushing school children <laughs> underneath. Yeah. Um, the thing is, a lot of Trevithick's work infringed on James Watt's patents. One of which was the crank, like just a crank you, you was just patented. Pat yeah, yeah, no, James Watt was the first patent troll. He's a fucking dick. 
<laughs> but uh, when people tried to go after Trevithick to tell him, hey, stop infringing on James Watt's patents, he apparently like tied him up and suspended him over a mine shaft. Excuse me? Oh, <laughs> and so they, they stopped bothering him after that. They're like, okay, do your shit. It's fine. Jesus. Just, yeah, just, just holding an ivory handled revolver to someone's head talking about right to repair. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like this guy. Yeah. Richard Trevithick was a cool dude. And so he built the Puffing Devil 1801, um, drove the it down the country devil. lane. What a yeah. name. That's what they called me back name. in college, you know. See, Puffing Steam devil. locomotives have some cool names Puffing Devil. Um, Leviathan, Whirlwind. Yeah, uh, when, I think, when I think badass name, I yeah. think Mallard, like yeah. the duck. Oh no, they get, yeah. they, get, they, they get dumber. There was some like Cock of the North, Uncle Dick. Right. Um, I kind of like Uncle Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Real name of a steam locomotive. Look it up. Uh, and so he went down a country lane at three miles an hour. It was shaking like hell. Um, you could watch videos of the replica they built and the person trying to steer it is just getting jostled violently the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, it worked. And so he went to a pub to celebrate. And while they were celebrating, it blew up. You know, it's like <laughs> just, just chilling and like, no more of that. Yeah. yeah, but he was like, okay, I'm going to build another one. What am I going to do differently? Well, I'm going to um, put it on a motor carriage and I'm going to make these big, like nine foot tall wheels because the state of running his loads or London's roads were terrible. And so that was meant to like get over potholes and conduits. Um, it didn't ah, so steer it, well, he, crashed into a garden invented, fence. Uh, he invented big mud tires. Yes. Just trying to get to work anywhere within London was mudding. It's like when they paved Pikes Peak. It's just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Remember, hug the apex, kids. Hug that apex. <laughs> and and so like, and then another thing to talk about with these engines is that usually only like, you know, some of the wheels were powered. The boilers themselves were very primitive. They had the cylinders actually tucked away inside them, and then just sort of bolted a vehicle around it. Um, it was a single flue, so you only had you know a place to put coal in. It goes through one pipe, and then out the stack was not very thermally efficient. But then after his 1802 uh, steam bus failed, he decided, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? And then he has the idea, what if I combine the steam vehicle with the guided tramways that they're already using in, you know, coal mines and stuff already? And so he builds the first locomotive on a guideway that we would recognize today. And this is an animated model I made of it. Um, you can see it's very primitive. It uses a weird gear system and a flywheel since there's only one cylinder um, in order to prevent it from bottoming out at one end. And the way that the valve, the valves work is that there's only a single valve in there that just directs steam either to one side of the piston or the other. And the crosshead has these little tappets on the valve rod. And at the end of the stroke, it just taps that and changes the valve and pushes the cylinder back. And it's very simple. Um, not very efficient, but it's something that one person was able to build and just sort of get running to prove the concept. And you'll notice the track that it's running on is very weird. It's very bumpy. That's because it's not track that we would recognize today. This was cast iron, basically L stock, which um, was very brittle. And so the first locomotive he built, it did not have a lot of tractive power because only 
one side of the wheels was powered from the gearing. The other was just left to spin freely. So it wasn't powerful enough to really pull loads. So we built the Penny Darren, which was a bit bigger, but it was so heavy that it broke the cast iron track. And so nice. I feel that can yeah. relate. And so he was sort of stuck, like, what do you do? And then next slide, please. Oh, I get rid of this. All right. Come on. Um, something else to consider is that the idea of driving a piston to a wheel with rods was not yet determined to be logical. Like it makes perfect sense to us now, but we take that for granted that someone thought that maybe building a locomotive with feet was the best way to power Metal it. Metal gear. Mm-hmm. And so this is a model that someone built of William Brunton's uh, mechanical traveler. He called it. Or as, or as I prefer to call it, the Shagohod. <laughs> Hold on, it starts going. Oh, there wow. we go. Well, yeah, it's just, so it's, just, it's a train Oh my god, you weren't lying. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I'm an honest man. I, I don't like that. I do not like a moonwalking train, no. Yeah, no. Please take it off my screen. No, there's more. No, there's more, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's... This is that's upsetting. So, <laughs> so while it's going, what, um, what problem so is this other what's coming for Amtrak? Amtrak gets this one. <laughs> I want this. That's how I want to get yeah. to Boston, is a giant robot a, horse. I imagine there's an enormous amount of tractive effort on this thing. Like it can go of. very we'll fast, but I'm I'm sure that like I don't you know love, you, you can... I love I don't love the softball of <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of traffic attractive effort and the response is kind of we'll get to that. <clears throat> oh, wait, this, is, this is the best part. <sighs> Walkies. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so so you'll notice um, something the model is having difficulty with. Um, is that it's currently on a treadmill, but if you can imagine it hits a patch of mud <laughs> or maybe loose dirt, this is basically what it would do. It's just sort of like... <laughs> what we've done is we've, we've invented the train and then only years later we have made it pathetic. <laughs> we've invented the train and immediately cut it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, other problems with this design, obviously... You're limited by speed. It's a very herky-jerky movement. Um, you can only go one direction. There's no reverse setting for oh. it. Um, just it's it's really dumb. <laughs> it's funny. I kind of like dumb. it. I wish I did, but I, I I'm now. My question is, what would the white notation for this be? Just a zero 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 two legs. Um, it would be, I believe, a a zero F four. Awesome. The F stands for feed. <laughs> the F stands for feed. Dude, look, look it up on, uh, look it up on Wicked Feet. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. It's a mechanical oh. traveler. Last week we had the Goomy Noe of the Goomy. <laughs> oh my God, we're gonna be here for like six hours. God, Ray, please no. Fuck you. No, I got, yeah, I got caffeine. Okay, I'm ready, no, baby. The delirium is set in. Let's go, do delirium. You, you go over an hour on this shit, and I'm falling asleep in the podcast. Okay, uh, next slide. Then next slide. Next slide. Are you so clapping at him? <laughs> That's right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
It says here it could sometimes lift the rear wheel off the track. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing feet wheelies. It, it starts doing it starts doing like uh, oh, it starts doing that. like handstands. Um so finally someone smart decided to start building trains. Uh, both of these men were actually quite good at building them. On the left we have George Stevenson. Um He's sometimes called father of the railways. I disagree with that title. It's sort of a long gradual thing where a lot of people <laughs> did a lot of contributions and it's, you couldn't get here without any one of them, but he builds a locomotive called locomotion number one for the Stockton and Darlington railway. First sort of like, like general freight railroad between, you know, a colliery and a port city. And so a couple of things that he did over Trevithick's work to improve it is there's two cylinders and they operate out of phase, which means that you can do away with the flywheel because you're not going to stall at the end of a piston stroke. Because when one cylinder is at the end of its stroke, the other is right in the middle and it can still push it around. Um, another benefit of this is that it is Smart. the first locomotive. Yep, it's the first locomotive with coupling rods, which means that all four wheels are powered. It has a primitive suspension as well. Um, it also... It was one of the first locomotives to use uh, the actual steam exhaust to pull on the fire. So it has, you know, blast pipes that go into the chimney and pull on the fire exhaust and help it to burn hotter. Um, now, some weird quirks with this, obviously, you know, it's a very weird sort of uh, truss, you know, mechanical link. It, it seems very reminiscent of stationary engines with all their weird mechanical contraptions. The driver actually had to stand sort of like on the side of a wooden plank and just sort of lean back and not get hit by anything, oh, which, was, which wasn't really ergonomic. <laughs> um, so then the dude on the right looking a little more fucked up. This is Timothy Hackworth. Uh, um, and he this, does not look like he's ever had fun. Yeah, no, every every time anything bad happens to him, he stores it in those jowls and they get a little bit deeper. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, trust me, things are going to get a lot worse for him very soon. Um, but he was, you know, working with George Stevenson and developing the locomotive and he became superintendent of the Stockton and Darlington Railway. And he had at that time built the best locomotive in Britain. This is the Royal George. Um, he was very you know, sort of, you know, strong-minded, very particular about the designs he wanted to build and only sort of trusted himself with them. But a lot of benefits of this one is he's moved the cylinders again. He's taken them outside of the boiler and put them directly facing the wheels. Now, granted, they're vertical cylinders, which has its own problem we'll talk about later on. But now he's gone from sort of having them just work out of phase to actually having them work in what's called quartering. And what that is, is that the rods on one side are 90 degrees off from the rods on the other. And that helps to sort of improve with the, you know, tendency to prevent it from uh, stalling at the end of a stroke. Um, he used, um, he went from just sort of the old type of valve gear, which was like a tappet system to using what's called slip eccentrics, which is the eccentric uh, cam can actually turn on the axle about 180 degrees between two stops. And what you can do is you can just flip it around for one direction and forward and the other, you flip it around and it goes in reverse. It's a much simplified system, still sort of difficult to get starting, but it's an improvement. It's starting to work towards, you know, a machine that's closer to something you sort of just start up and go. Um, it also uses a return flue so that the firebox and the smokestack are on the same end and the single flue goes through the boiler, makes a U-turn, and comes back. So he effectively doubled the heating surface. 
and he's using Seymour thermally efficient. They understand now that yeah. more tube means more heat. Uh, next slide. Yeah. I know, Liam. I'm, 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 I'm doing what I can. Yeah. Well, no, you're fine. No. no, I'm good. Okay. Alice is dying. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, shit. I, um, Tom, Liam has caffeine, Tommy, baby. I'm good. Okay. Right. Yeah, Alice. Uh, like like we said, I tried redirect to f- all complaints to yeah, Alice. Right. I, I, yes. I, I I tried to throw some coffee to her, but um, I'm in Wheeling. <laughs> so, so what I did yeah, is yeah. I I went up to the top of the hill right by Wheeling Park because I thought you know it might give me maybe three four thousand extra miles of distance. Mm-hmm. You know, just like grab. You've you got know, to you've got to like throw, throw in one down. of those like great circle arcs. I love the idea yeah. of you actually doing it. A great circle yeah. that just beans yeah. Alice right in the face. <laughs> you like, oh, I'm dead now, and there's a crater in my face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 no, I, I, I actually thought about driving over there, but if I did, I can tell you exactly what would have happened. Is I would have thrown it, and then it would have gone almost maybe like halfway down the first half of the top of the hill. Which is like a hundred feet, maybe. Oh, never about mind. As far so as I take it gone. back. I take it back. <laughs> that's why they call me. That's why they call you Tommy Noodle Arms. <laughs> this, this, they no, <laughs> they don't. Um, I'm going to change your name at Zencaster to Tommy <laughs> Noodle. Do not have the power to do that. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, that's that's my job. Um, uh, so we we reach an interesting point with railways in 1829. I know you see the horse. We're going to talk about that. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but is, this, 18- is this to is this to trick some sort of Greeks or Romans? <laughs> no, we reached the horse sort of viscera stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy's going to be ground up into Burger no, King patties. No, the, the, the horse is fine. But don't worry, we'll we'll get there. No, um, he's so, he's uh, a whopper already. <laughs> he's, so, he's so, been turned to glue. So up to this he's point, a whopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this for three hours tom you could do it well it might be four because now justin's getting the opportunity to be liam and alice oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it feel nice Roz? doesn't yeah. it feel good to be as annoying as fucking possible one yes. of my friends who listen actually one of Roz and i's mutual friends who listen to this podcast uh holly this one's for you uh told me that uh that this show is just me and Alice interrupting mm-hmm. Roz, and I just want to say it's been like that since college, and it's never stopping. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was interrupting <laughs> Roz in college, despite the fact that I did not know yeah. either of you yet. People just thought I was an asshole, yes. so I was just talking to myself. No, there's just, uh, there's just <laughs> I just get intrusive thoughts constantly from Alice telepathically transferring <laughs> right. them to me. See, what we have to do with the show is like every like 50 episodes or so, you have to bring on one additional person and whoever was the serious person then gets seniority and they get to be a pest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm having a great time. <laughs> this, is, this is very fun. Uh, but in 1829, we get to an interesting point where they realize Okay, well, up to this point, railways were, you know, steam locomotives were only being used in collieries, sort of one directional travel from the mine to the port city. And just push it back down again. Yes. Between Liverpool and Manchester, they had the idea, what if we envision this not just as a one-way direction of traffic for freight, but as a bi-directional intercity expressway? In 1829, that's pretty... You can't carry people on these. What if all of their organs fall out? 
the vaginas yeah, are going to fall out. Say, yes. Yeah, the, yes. uh, the, their uteri will be sucked out. And that is bodies, actually yes. what happened. Yeah, little known fact, uh, we sterilized the entire population <laughs> of Manchester by accident. It's, it's, it's not true. Good. It's not it true. is. It is. <laughs> yeah, you fucking manx. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just did a podcast where just everybody lies? <laughs> you, you say it's like, what I, if I, as if this isn't a thing that we already do? <laughs> I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, plus a little extra. So help me God. <laughs> yeah. Hi, that's called the podcast spice and we all do it. Yes. Uh, so in 1829, um, they decided that, okay, we want to have a fast inner city expressway. But none of the locomotives that were built so far were really up to the task. They were slow. They were lumbering. They had feet. It was not conducive to. <laughs> it was not conducive to. How, how far are Liverpool and Manchester from each other? About thirty-five miles. Okay, thank you. It's a long way to run, even if you're a train. Even if you've got train feet, yeah. <laughs> And so they decided to do something that I don't think has happened for any other like mode of transport in this stage of development where they just had like, let's have a contest to see who can make this mode of transit work. And so they had a grand prize. They called it a premium of 500 pounds uh-huh. to a be bonus rewarded episode. to any. Yes. To be rewarded to any company who could produce an improved the, locomotive. This capable is the, uh... of what's the what? Oh, this is this is another one of the uh, GoFundRikes. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, and so they needed a locomotive that could travel at an average speed of twelve miles an hour, that was able to complete the seventy miles from Liverpool to Manchester and back, and that was able to stay within a four and a half ton limit for four wheels or a six ton limit for six wheels. And it needed to be able to, quote unquote, consume its own smoke, meaning that it had to be able to burn a smokeless fuel like Coke. Um, It needed to be able to pull at least three times its own weight, which if you think about it, these are very, very steep demands for a machine that was really only able to go maybe like between three and nine miles an hour up to this point. Like. And if if they weren't able to do this, they were going to go with stationary engines with ropes every mile. Oh boy. Which is unfathomable today, but so, so they so so they built this whole railroad, and then we're like, here, we'll do a contest to see if anyone can actually make it work. <laughs> yeah, it was basically we 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 built the loop. Can anyone make this work? No. Okay. No. Well, well no. Well, luckily, um, they did make it work, but none of the none of the engines on the screen uh, won. This is the losers bracket. Um, so usually we're familiar with the losers bracket usually we think of like three engines at rain hill you know which is where the trials were they had a mile and a half of track built and they would just run up and down that mile and a half for the equivalent of 70 miles and you know see how efficient is the engine is it able to complete the speed and the uh you know haulage requirements um just sort of almost like a drag strip where they just ran these engines back and forth um and so that's why it's called the rain hill trials and there were five locomotives entered, two of them that didn't really get to compete. In the upper left, we have Perseverance, which was built by um, a manufacturer in Edinburgh. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've um, entered yeah. trying my best. Please don't be mad at me. 
we, we, yeah, we, we've, we've, we've entered we'll get there yeah. when it's done <laughs> this engine called septa when it's yeah. done. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're getting there <laughs> um unfortunately the roads were so bad you know in the uk <laughs> that they had to haul it by boat and when they went to unload it from the boat they dropped it Ooh. <laughs> so he tried to get it working it went about five miles an hour before it died for real and they gave him a consolation prize of 25 quid and just said okay here's your bus fare go home <laughs> <laughs> um they had built there was another person who had built a very strange contraption with a horse on it called cycloped um it generated oh, after God. mechanical loss probably about 0.6 horsepower <laughs> i thought it was good as a real horse <laughs> pure viscera though yeah, six tenths the viscera less, less viscera Three fifths, it, excuse me it gets to eat take, what, it gets to eat some we, food while it's running we're gonna take we're gonna take a horse and we're gonna introduce mechanical losses <laughs> also if you can see the the way it would run the way it would turn the wheels it would be triumphantly sprinting ass first <laughs> That's all I was yeah. <laughs> just, just running ass first with a train in front of you while eating oats yes that's that's you've described my workout yeah. regimen yeah. such that it is well it, it only went three miles an hour which is slower than a horse can walk yeah. <laughs> and it was disqualified. Just as so it was slower walking and, with yeah, the train. Yeah, it was it was slower and less powerful. Sometimes technology is That's like so we've unfair. made horses worse. It's lewd. He would have done better if he didn't even fucking show up and try. If he had just brought a horse, he would have done better. Yeah. He probably could have won, actually. Um, and then lower left is the novelty which looks very weird to us, but it was very familiar to people at this time because it was believed to have been a converted fire engine, you know, like a horse-drawn fire hmm. engine that uses steam to pump water. And so you have a vertical portion of the boiler and then a horizontal portion with an S-shaped flue that goes forward and then back and then forward again. And then out the front, um, it uses a crankshaft to drive the bellows, which it used to blow air through. So instead of using the exhaust steam to pull on the draft it had bellows and a problem with that is it got six horsepower to the wheels but needed six and a half horsepower to actually drive the bellows to draft it so they were they were spending more energy just trying to heat the fire than they were turning the wheels and then the bellows got full of you know a flammable gas and exploded I hate when that happens uh, it's, that's gone poorly and then they repaired <laughs> the bellows and tried to run again and then the feed water pump died and this is going to be a recurring theme. If there is an Achilles heel to steam locomotives, it is the mechanical feed water pump. It is a piece of machinery that is very delicate that has to make, you know, a watertight seal and it's connected directly to unsprung weight and is getting all the vibration and hammer blow from the wheels directly into a fragile pump casting. So they tended to pack in pretty easily. And so novelty Although it ran very fast, it went almost 30 miles an hour in a demonstration run, was not able to haul a load at enough of a speed, and then the feed water pump died, and it was it had to withdraw. Imagining the, the, the man gets his top hat blown off because he's gone so fast. <laughs> well, actually, no, the, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the Maxell uh, thing where he, where he plays the... Uh, <sighs> Oh, oh THX. God, no, no, THX. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. just blows, literally blows. <laughs> well, well, no, it's worse than that because <laughs> that was beautiful. Had, Thank you. They they did a restaging of the trials um, with improved water pumps, 
and they found out that the top feed fire actually um just blows carbon monoxide right in the face of the fireman (laughs) (laughs) proletarian yeah it's odorless and colorless Mm. what are you complaining about that's fine don't worry Stop bitching! Oh, excuse me, are you complaining about odorless gas? Oh, wow! Baby can't breathe so good! Have you considered that your lungs may just be weak? This just sometimes all over cock. The funniest part about it is a Soviet man can put in 14 hour shifts every day without complaining. No, the thing is, the funniest part about that is they interviewed him on the the documentary for the restaging of the Rainhill trials. And the, the fireman basically said like, yeah, I've got like, I'm having a hard time keeping my eyes open and trouble breathing, but I guess I'll live. <laughs> well, a process man of mine. Oh, great song. Yeah. And so we get to the locomotive that would have probably come closest to being a real challenger to the winner of this trial. This is Saint Parai built by uh, Timothy Hackworth of the previous slide. And it was, it, you can see it's basically like a four-wheeled version of the Royal George. It's the same concepts, but scaled down. However, he kept the vertical cylinders, and the problem with that is you cannot spring a driving axle with vertical cylinders, otherwise the deformation from the spring will change the placement of the piston and valves, and so you'll mess up your valve timing. So it was just unsprung, and it just almost basically broke the track. Hmm. <laughs> um, but the main issue with it is that he had sourced his uh, wrought iron for the boiler from a substandard manufacturer, so the boiler leaked a lot, the fuel consumption was high, and he had accused the Stevensons of sabotage because he was just building this locomotive in his spare time, but he had to outsource the cylinders to the Stevenson and Company manufacturing you know, works. And so yes. they had cast eight cylinders for him. They told him, you know, take your pick. And so he got them. And they gave and him the, the duds that he had taken. Yeah, he got the. Duds. I can't. I just. I, I'm now picturing Some... Stevenson slipping the boat guy a fifty to like drop the fucking other engine off of the boat. You know, like yeah, it's like Liam, you're, you're giving us some echo. Oh, yeah. Am I? Hang on. Sorry. 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 No, you're good. Is that any better? My uh, bad. Yeah. 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 I can't hear an echo. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. Good. That's much yeah, I, the mic is also. Sorry. The mic's not usually where I have it. So I'm kind of trying to Rayman dodge my own uh, mic. Yeah, we're all we're all, no, having, we're all having a time yeah. this evening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, well, some of us are. Some of us, like Roz, are making us do this at six. Yeah, I know. When we mutinate, <laughs> Roz, you go first. <laughs> And so Sulfurai, in addition to having the cracked cylinder and the high fuel consumption and the leaky boiler, guess what else happened to it? <sighs> Feed water pump died. So oh. got withdrawn oh. for that. And so now we go to finally next slide. Frantically feeding it with some water bottles. <laughs> Just chucking a water bottle at the boiler. It starts whistling and you have to like click the button and it goes like toot toot. Mm-hmm. As the alarm resets, <laughs> just gonna activate Windows thing. Yeah. Well, no, that's gone now because Atomic Thumbs. Yes. All right, killed one of so our co-hosts, and yet we have to thank. Yeah, them. yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Rods and yeah, Atomic Thumbs. It's okay. I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm subbing. 
for uh, for the activate Windows. Logo <laughs> That's on right. Yeah. Mine, mine keeps threatening to be unactivated, but I think it's activated. I don't know. <laughs> And so this slide is not just the winner, which is the engine in the upper left. That's, of course, you know, Stevenson's rocket. Um, some people think it was built by George Stevenson, but he was busy constructing the actual Liverpool and Manchester Railway. So he said, you know, to his son, Robert, OK, build a train and, yeah. you know, make it good. Hey, and Bob, so, uh, but can you build a train for me? Thanks. Yeah. Good. <laughs> hey, Bobby, build me a build me a winner. <laughs> build me trains and train accessories. <laughs> and so um this locomotive um also had design influences from the actual guy who was running the trials henry booth and it was actually booth himself who had the idea of hey don't just have one tube or a tube that makes a u-turn just put a bunch of tubes through the boiler a bunch of smaller tubes the forbidden spaghetti and yeah, yeah. and so More what that does is better yes because they had understood that you know more tube made more steam but what this did was considerably more like you had i think it was either 25 or 30 small two or three inch tubes through the boiler and it had five times the heating surface of saint Parai. and so not only that but it nice. had a proper um you know double sheath stay bolted firebox you know the, this is the first locomotive to combine a multi-tubular boiler and the stable you know, modern firebox. Um, a man in France named Max Sagun actually had the first drawing for the concept of a multi-tubular boiler about a year earlier, but this is the first one that got built. And also the cylinders are put down lower at an angle, which means that you can have a better suspension and the rods, instead of going through, you know, a wacky contraption on top of the boiler, it just goes directly to the drive rods. It simplified the motion, made less points of failure, because at this point, any locomotive built at this time, as um, railway historian Anthony Dawson would say, was at or beyond the cutting edge of like sort of material science at the time. It's genuinely like if you had asked me, if you had teleported me back to 1829 and asked me, hey, can you build a locomotive with your modern knowledge that could win the Rainhill Trials? I would not be able to make something that I would have confidence in that would be very different than Rocket. I would make certain, you know, like modern sort of resto mod things like more modern valve gear, maybe a proper smoke box. But like what the yeah. rocket was at the time yeah. was Comfy sort of the seat. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the best engine that you could theoretically build at that time. And so it had not only won the trials, but it had in, you know, a display of showmanship. George Stevenson had run it at, I think, up to 35 miles an hour, which would have been unbelievable at the time that is the first time a human has ever traveled a faster sustained speed than a horse that wasn't just falling to his death because <laughs> like you you could a human's probably gone 100 miles an hour down a mine shaft but he did not talk about it later fast as you can go um, twice so yes yes <laughs> um Unfortunately, Rocket immediately after it had won, you'd think that, you know, it would go by railroad tycoon rules that, oh, people will pay a 20% premium to ride on this wondrous, famous train. No, it pulled yes. like ballast and maintenance of way trains for the rest of its life. Um, <laughs> and it also was the first locomotive to actually kill a person in revenue service. Or rather, kill a passenger. Nice. The Tory MP <laughs> William Huskisson. Oh, no. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, so Rocket. 
Rocket already, mm. you know, doing praxis. <laughs> um, <laughs> so on the opening day of the line, there was a special chartered train with the Duke of Wellington. Sir William Huskisson was, go- you know, got out of his carriage. This man had like a lot of like fainting and balance issues. Again, they already. just let you be so an this MP. This was not a good idea back in the day. Yeah. If you were just generally like extremely frail, but like for aristocratic reasons. Yeah, so, I'm so, imagining a Reese Moggs type character. Yeah, so so yeah. he 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 does but back like, when that was more acceptable. Yeah, so he, he does like the drunk Wario hobble <laughs> over to the Duke of Wellington's coach, <laughs> and he's like talking to him. But then he's standing on the other line because it's a double track, and Rocket is barreling towards him on the other line, and you know they he gets basically run over by it. And it crushes his leg. He gets hauled back to. Manchester at like 40 miles an hour inadvertently set another speed record just trying to, you know, help this dumbass <laughs> who got himself killed. Um, but he ended up dying and so uh, Sir William Huskisson was the first casualty on the Liverpool and Manchester Railway. But immediately after Rocket was built, there were two other engines that were very near steps, you know, very close evolutions of the design from the Rocket to something much more recognizable to the standard format we have. So directly beneath Rocket, we have a locomotive called the Northumbrian, which you'll notice it has a proper smoke box at the front, which makes cleaning the flues out and doing maintenance easier. Um, it has a proper firebox actually integrated into the boiler shell instead of bolted on at the back. Um, it has internal um, throttle valves, which is new. It has the cylinders closer to horizontal to prevent hunting or hammer blow. And it has a proper tender cistern, which is you know the big water tank on it. Because before then, they had just had a coal cart with a big oak barrel on it. Big barrel, yeah. And Rocket had, it's in the Liverpool and Manchester minute somewhere, Rocket had derailed, and that barrel just flew off and crushed a guy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so they decided, okay, just, this, is, being, this is bad, we gotta, it's like every just, time just one person dies, killed, we gotta do something by, different. Killed Donkey Kong style, <laughs> yeah. by a big barrel rolling over you. <laughs> Should have jumped. Sorry. <laughs> oh Christ! They're playing the Donkey Kong theme on a pipe organ as it's laying on the ground. Yeah, on a calliope. <laughs> oh, tingling so, the keys there, huh? <laughs> Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> 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 uh, and so finally, um, Northumbrian was sort of an interstitial locomotive between Rocket and the final one here on the right. This locomotive is called Planet. It is sort of the first mainline express locomotive built for that purpose. It is also the first locomotive to be built in a class of engines where there are multiple built. Um, there were, I think, like nine or ten built for the Liverpool and Manchester, and then like a hundred built everywhere else in the world. Um, but additional improvements. So the cylinders have moved again. They are now at the front of the engine and underneath the smoke box to keep them warm, which is more thermally efficient. It drives a crank axle between the driving wheels, which are now at the back for more stability. Um, you have now an internal dry pipe from the throttle to the cylinders for additional thermal efficiency and this is sort of the locomotive that started doing the regular work on the line this is you might even notice it's 
the front half of it's sort of similar to the front half of Pioneer at the start of this episode. And that's, you know, that just goes to show like how much this design was very much like the template on which all engines after that were built. But there is one thing missing from this, and that is modern valve gear um, in a way that we would know. It was still using the slip eccentric design that Timothy Hackworth had been working with. And even though, you know, there were improvements to it, it was still not able to do what's called expansive working. So steam locomotives were always hampered by the faster they went, the more they depleted their steam faster. They weren't really able to use it economically until in 1841, two employees of the Stevenson Company, a draftsman and a, uh, I think, a casting maker, um, decided, well, okay, we're going to do something different. Instead of having, you know, the slip eccentrics, we're going to have a pair of eccentrics for each side because it was originally you had one eccentric for the left cylinder one eccentric for the right it said okay what if we do two for each side and one of them is like a hook for forward one's a hook for reverse and that's called gab valve gear it still doesn't allow for uh, more efficient working but it's a more simplified motion instead of having these levers that you actually have to crank by hand to get it to start you could just select forward or reverse but then after that they had the idea what if we connect the space between those two hooks for forward and reverse with a solid curved link. And what that does is actually allows you to not only have forward and reverse settings, but a bunch of settings in between them, which then we will talk about in the next slide. This is the start of valve gear as we know it. So this is a render I did of Stevenson valve gear. It's usually mounted between the wheels of an engine. I've moved it to the outside. And so, um, Something I should also note is that there's two eccentrics here for this one cylinder. They are not mounted 90 degrees from the crank, but rather slightly before. That helps to give additional valve movement when the engine's in neutral, which also helps with like lap and lead and these, you know, stuff that we don't have time for today. But you have a forward eccentric and a back eccentric with the expansion link connected between them. If you drop the link, you select the forward setting, which moves the valve to the front. If you raise the link, you expose the valve in the back and pushes steam to the backside for reverse. And then you'll also note that directs movement through what's called a transit transmission bar, which is not connected to the expansion link vertically, but rather just translates horizontal motion. And so if we <coughs> put it in forward gear and then start, you know, the engine, steam will come in, it'll start to push on the wheel. The eccentrics will start to spin in time with the rods, and that again reverses the valve in the steam chest in order to have the timing for uh, steam admission and steam exhaust. And as it starts going faster and faster, you note you're still using steam at the full side. Um, if we put it in reverse, same thing, just the opposite direction. Um, but again, this is still sort of how it was beforehand, where you're using steam for the entire stroke, where the steam is white. That's where it's being admitted at full boiler pressure, where it grays out is actually where, what I want to talk about, because that is where we get into what's called expansive working. At what point mm -hmm. does it elect the Pope, Tom? Never. And so, <laughs> no, okay. That's when it comes out the stack. So what you'll notice is right here, as the steam valve closes, the steam grays out. That's no longer getting steam from the boiler, but it's still under pressure and it can move the piston to expand its volume. And so that's called expansive working. The point at which the valve closes is called the cutoff. And so in low gear or full forward, 
This is what you call, you know, full forward cutoff or full gear. And it's emitting steam for about 70 to 80% of the stroke. And so as you're starting up, it's really good for getting a lot of power for getting the train underway. But as you start going faster, you need less and less power to maintain that speed. So now what it's doing is it has notched up close to neutral, but not all the way. And now you'll see the valve closes very quickly, around 15 to 20%, and the rest of the piston is pushed by expansive working. And this allows steam locomotives to get bigger, more powerful, faster, more efficient, because they're able to use their boiler steam more economically, more tactically, you know, rather than just wasting it all at full pressure. So again, that was at full boiler pre- or full cutoff, and then we notch it back to the what's called the company notch because you're saving the company money and fuel by working more efficiently like that. And that's how Stevens and Valve Gear works. I know that was kind of rushed, but um, hopefully it gives you a better idea of like the mechanical workings of that. It's like the uh, the the way I always sort of describe it is, you know, it's sort of like the ignition timing on a on a car, right? You know, you sort of variable ignition timing. Hey, Ross, you're kind of quiet. Oh, you have like variable. Thank you. Ig- ignition timing. Uh, you have variable. You know, timing for how the, how the valves work. You know, and it, right. that and the valve gear is just you know sort of a mechanical calculator i guess yeah and it's uh, and it's like, also important to note that there is no like gearbox on a locomotive it's one-to-one direct drive there's mm-hmm. no transmission um you just have the piston and the valve and what percentage of the stroke you're letting steam in controls sort of what part of the cutoff you're in uh next slide it's a, it's a one stroke engine mm-hmm. and so you'd think that okay well we have all the, the building blocks for steam locomotives what are they going to do now mm-hmm. they started blowing up a lot Yes. And <laughs> there, there, there's oh. a reason for this. Um, initially, it was just because of still they were working sort of at the limits of what, you know, ca- cast and wrought iron could do. They eventually went over to steel, but even then they were having issues. And that is because there is another. Well, I, there is something which is the opposite of a fail safe buried deep huh, in the belly unsafe. of a locomotive. Yeah, the fail deadly. Yeah. Fail yes. deadly. Yes. Um, cause see what happens is when a human is, de- you know, moderately dehydrated, you know, they get a bit of a headache, they get kind of thirsty, they pat their tummy and they're like, Oh, I should get something to drink. If a steam locomotive gets moderately dehydrated, it fucking kills itself. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I feel like right now. When I, when yeah. I'm moderately dehydrated yeah. at this point, cause I'm an old yeah. man and I'm just like, well, no one to <laughs> fucking kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, if, if a steam engine has not had enough water, it will become a danger to itself and others. Yes. And that is because inside the firebox, of the various sheets of metal, the one at the top is vulnerable. It's what's called the crown sheet, which Roz has just highlighted there. And you must maintain a water level above that at all times. Otherwise, because the heat of the fire is now so strong with better drafting and using coal as fuel, if water drops below that, it will heat the metal so much that it will get to a point where it is malleable and melt. And then the entire force of the boiler will implode the firebox and pull out the engine, killing mm. everyone on board. Um, it looks cool, but it's not good. Yes. And so there's a few ways that we worked to remedy this. Not <laughs> us specifically. We would have all died if we tried. Um, yes. But so some improvements. Instead of using you know manual, what's called tricocks, which are water valves that you use to check the water level on the boiler, you started moving towards sight glasses, which give you better readings. 
Um, instead of mechanical feed water pumps and crosshead pumps, which, as I said earlier, are like the Achilles heel of an engine, um, because they tended to pack in so easily and break. Um, in the 1850s and 60s, we switched over to what's called a lifting injector. And what this does uh-huh. is it uses a series of cones to combine steam from the boiler and water from the tender in a way that as they go through the steam inlet cone and then the combining cone, the pressure drops considerably, but the speed of it goes through that overflow near the speed of sound. And as mm-hmm. it comes out of the um, delivery cone, which is facing the opposite direction, you have something that's going at low pressure but high speed to then high pressure but low speed. And the force is actually the force change is enough that it actually allows you to pump water using steam from the boiler at a higher pressure than the boiler itself, which then is able to lift the check valves and inject water into the boiler. It sounds a bit like yeah. rocket science, and that's because it kind of is. It's the it's the Venturi effect, right? Yes. And this is the if you remember from the Hindenburg episode, we talked about Baptiste Jules Henry Jacques Gifford. Jesus right? now. Yeah, the guy who uh, the guy who had the first steam powered balloon and then killed himself because of declining eyesight, despite the fact mm. that eyeglasses the guy, the guy were available. Who's, whose balloon <laughs> was like invented. destroyed he, by he, peasants, he couldn't right? build. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he killed himself because uh, he couldn't build steam powered glasses. The first yeah, steampunk. Exactly. No, this this was so like I want to put a bunch of gears yeah, the first, and uh, shit on this, mm-hmm. even though it won't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's the first proper punk in that he was extremely <laughs> depressed, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but fortunately, his invention, the uh, Giffard injector, now provided a more reliable and safer way of delivering water to boilers. And there's usually a minimum you have to have at least two of these on every engine. And so that's another improvement. Instead of just having one pump like Salpurai and Novelty did, every locomotive is required to have at least two means of getting water into the boiler. Some have three. Um... Another issue is that trains had a hard time stopping and they would often just fly off the tracks or kill people. And so a man named George Westinghouse had invented um, his locomotive air brake in 1869, which allowed trains that were driving faster to be able to stop faster. And on the first test run, they had, you know, a locomotive equipped with his first air brake model. Um, They had a coach full of superintendents and dignitaries to inspect and observe the trials. But on the way to where they wanted to test it, a horse and cart got stuck on the tracks outside of a tunnel. Uh, The the, um, engineer immediately slammed on the brakes. Everyone in the car fell to the floor and they said, well, I think we've seen everything we need to know. uh, That's enough of a test for me. (laughs) It it stops. (laughs) Uh, It's fine. fine. Because before that, you had to have a man run on top of the cars the whole way back to train and apply the handbrakes manually. Yeah, it used to be cool. Yes, that is again mm-hmm. more proletarian, yeah. not yeah. this bourgeois decadent air yeah. brake. In fact, a lot of a lot of brakemen who had to run on top of trains uh, were mad at Westinghouse because he uh, he took away that's their germs. You, yeah, the, the, that's why you got to have the very very specific craft <laughs> unions, so you have an international brotherhood of like train yes. runner honors. Yep, I'm the man who runs on the catwalk mm-hmm. on freight cars right. and falls off and dies. Yes, One's um, a union term mm-hmm. man. What it's, it's so one man union. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so in the mid 19th century, we have a couple Late. of paradigms uh, set. I know I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. Um, 
I'll, I'll, oh, no, no, I'll try no, to not, be a bit more it, yeah, uh, no. brief about it. Risk. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all fine. We're all, okay. conscious. We're all fine here. Yes. Okay. Um, so this slide, this is just here to show that in the mid-19th century, there's sort of a set of paradigms that were established in the UK and the US, two very different ways of building locomotives. The reason for this is because in the UK, they had very um, well-built track and usually a lot of tracks, they had very light loads to haul on very flat terrain, so they could go with a bit more simple stuff. Um, in the UK, also, you had the inside cylinders of Planet remained very popular um, because it just oh. kept everything internal. The British <laughs> yeah, sort just, of design mantra was that they I've wanted to hide all the working this bits. load of Pop-Tarts to fucking big Tesco's, innit? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I need to do a bunch of fancy Yank engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, yeah, there was a design philosophy that they wanted to sort of hide all the mechanical bits, make it as clean and polished and non-mechanical as looking as they can, just sort of make it almost a stylized version of an engine. It looks like like a big We're bringing back the giant, uh, well, 0.6 horsepower horse. Uh, cycle yes. yeah. <laughs> and so you also have some that Damn I like you, to call, mechanical losses <laughs> and you also have something that I like to call the rule of threes which has had a lot of British locos from this time have three axles on the tender and three axles on the engine so you either have like your 060 good engine or you have a 222 passenger engine or a 240 mixed traffic engine in America all locomotives used the 440 design and the reason for that is because the track yes. was shitty the track was oh, very, very shitty. I was going to expect because it was superior and good, yeah. and we were good at stuff, not because it sucked <laughs> ass. Yeah, 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 we had to yeah, do yeah. our best. Well, no, the, the, the 440 is a good design. Um, it allows you to have what's called an, a fully equalized suspension, which is you had an equalizing beam between each driving axle, and then you had the four-wheeled pilot truck, which is able to negotiate sharp curves and very rough track, sort of guides the engine along the track of where it should be um and also you'll notice outside cylinders the valve gear space between the cylinder and the first driving wheel is very open very accessible for maintenance um you know you also have the big spark arrester you know the balloon stack or the diamond stack for catching cinders you have this big box headlight for running at night um and it's usually it's much more flashy Hmm. much more like Everything's brass. Brass. It's, it's a train yeah, brass, 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 like polished wood. It's like, oh yes, yes. yes. Perhaps in 10 <laughs> FPS movie style. Yes, a nice little sepia tone. Yeah, that look good. And so, need- in the mid to late 19th century, something started to happen, which is that people started to say, "Hey, this train shit is pretty good. We want to start using it more." And so, the demand for them got larger they needed to run faster and pull heavier loads. And in England, they just did that by laying more tracks and running more trains. So they were able to keep this tiny, austere 060 goods engine for that. In America, where it's mostly single track with passing sidings on very mountainous western routes, they had to make the engines bigger. The problem is that they used this 440 template, and you can only expand it so much. There's a fatal flaw and a limit to how much you can expand that. And if you want to see how much they tried to grow this tiny little engine, look at the engine on the lower left. Next slide, please. Hold on. I got to use the restroom. Then nope. we'll do the next slide. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Then. Uh, We're... Just, just talk among yourselves. 
Okay. Oh, okay. So what is a train oh. anyway? Who mm. are trains? Where am I? <laughs> How you doing there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Tom, I regret to inform you that you will be executed. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It's coffee monster. I've never seen that. Unless you like tried to like homebrew it yourself by like mixing. That sounds like heart attack juice. I I could fucking do it. I was like, I was in, I was in big Tesco's in it. I was in big Tesco's and. I, I was in Big Tesco's and I was like, I saw the white monster energy and I was like, I, I should get that. But then I'm like, I will never need this. Um, and it turns out I, yeah, it turns oh, out I do in fact need the big monster energy can uh, in order to make the podcast good. Be funny is. Yeah, this is, I, I feel 30% more human, uh, but that's not very human. Up to a whole 30%. I'm struggling. Yeah, it's me, baby. That's Coming double, in com- <laughs> double digits. That's double right. Digits, yeah. That's almost a third. That's how good around, I am. I was, I was hovering around nine for a bit during the pandemic. Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> I'm here because of you. <laughs> we could have... Nope, nope, we, we were going. Actually, no, this is my fault, because we could have done this Wednesday before Christmas, but I was still trying to get the slides together. Uh, was I available? Oh, shit. Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't it's fine, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I should, I should mm-hmm. just switch over to like a Bob Ross voice, like, here's a happy little... Uh, little yeah, little I, little I, I'm just dog. gonna fucking... Oh, yeah, but we can get through it faster. We can get through you it faster can't. that way. Uh, no, you just... The no. last thing the, you'll the hear whole point of the podcast is that it's a show on the microphone stand. You'll just hear a... <laughs> oh, have you ever heard me snore? Oh, it's I bad, I refuse folks. to believe that I snore, and anyone who tells me that I do is lying. Anyone who tells me that anyone who I have slept next to who tells me that I snore is a paid agent of the fucking CIA. I I smell so bad right now, dude. Actually, Liam, (laughs) I have heard you snore because uh, my fiance and I went over. We went over to Philly last year. Remember? Oh, you you had not caps in the elevator. Yeah, no, yeah. no, we'd we'd crazy. No, my fiance and I had gone out there because we went to see Six Eleven at Strasbourg. And oh, you saw Six Eleven? Oh, tell me about the J class. Oh, do you know the employees designed it themselves? Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, look at me, I'm a basic bitch. My name's Justin Rosnath. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in investigate Six Eleven. Six Eleven. Yeah, investigate Six Eleven. Six Eleven was built by people in our own machine shop. <laughs> <laughs> 611 was an inside jab. Yeah. Oh, we can't do those jokes anymore. We'll get yelled at by some guy in the YouTube comment oh, yeah, section. Thinks he did fight to fight you, didn't he? Uh-huh. I'll win, dude. Uh, I'm back, mm. by the way. Welcome back. <laughs> so, uh, so they made they made the 440 uh-huh. bigger, and it didn't work. We got to talk about. El Gobernador! Oh my god. 
So this horrifying monster, built in 1883 on a cursed moon, was the unholy bastard child of incrementalism and I do like the Gramsci quote you've got up there. So the second Iraq war yes, here. The, yes. The, yes, for those uh, for those listening audio which don't the crisis consists uh, the crisis consists precisely in the fact that the old is dying and the new cannot be born. In this interanium, a great variety of morbid symptoms appear. Specifically 10 morbid symptoms all which look yes. like wheels. <laughs> So this is El Gobernador. This is the only 410 ever built um, for reasons which I will get to. But basically in 1883, Lay- Leyland Stanford, who was also governor and, you know, one of the big four in the building of the Central Pacific Railroad. Yeah, all said, around a nice guy. I'm shit, problematic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> yes. yes. We love our own problematic faves. Yeah. So this asshole, even by 19th century standards, said, I want to build the biggest train in the world and have it on my railroad. And then he went to the chief mechanical engineer, AJ Stevens, and said, Hey, build this big, stupid in thing. In that exact like, voice, too. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like putting wheels on the boiler to turn the freaking frog today. Just kind of cross between Alex Jones and Doug Dinsdale, owner of the Dinsdale Demodome. I, I need. I liked it. I liked it. I need to not do that. I lost my voice the last time I did that for one of Ross's vids. <laughs> but um, so yeah, he starts building this stupid, horrible thing. Um, because the four six zero worked, the four eight zero kind of worked, the four ten zero is where it started to not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. One of the other big four members, Charles Crocker, comes in and sees this engine being built, and he's like, "What the fuck is this?" And he ordered it to be called Foxy. He found out about it. He found out about it and was livid at Stanford, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to get his way. I like the idea of Stanford just like with an enormous ten-gallon happy, like, "Yeah, suck a dick, bitch." Yeah, no, he ordered the halt reversed, and for Stevens to finish building it. And they tried to run it in um, helper service on the Tehachapi Loop, and it failed miserably. And they only ever Aww. used it after that for publicity stunts, where it would haul like 50 empty freight cars out of the station for passengers to look at. People, and then they turned it into a stationary boiler. People were back then, is the thing. So they would just see this shit, and you'd I be like, man, I bet those, those cars yeah. are probably full of rocks or something. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Invisible Damn, look, look gravel. Uh. Very heavy air. Yeah. Look, but, it's uh, it's a bunch it's a bunch of boxcars full of uh full of celebrity. Look, air. You've got heavy water, yeah. why wouldn't you have <laughs> heavy air? Stands to reason. I, I, all this all this air was breathed by I don't know who's an eighteen eighties celebrity. Like <laughs> Oscar Wilde or something. Mark Twain. Mark Twain. It's Mark Twain's it's, it's all full of uh, it's it's full of uh, pirated Gilbert and Sullivan uh, plays. Jeez. <laughs> and so the main mechanical problems with this locomotive is you'll notice the cylinders are giant. The boiler was not able to keep up steam for them. Um, they were also having trouble with the valve timing. There was a lot of back pressure. So AJ Stevens had to jerry rig this sort of like double rotary valve system using what became called monkey motion because it moved so oh, finally we were turned on monkey. <laughs> yes. Monkeys are in the stone what? age now. What's up? Don't like that. What? There there were like there's like a population of like 
primates or monkeys somewhere that like they're starting to use stone oh. tools now they're having like don't like parallel that evolution <laughs> nice good good <laughs> fuck you man you think maybe they'll make <laughs> a better uh, job right. of it than yeah. us uh, and then you just look down and you see one of them's just inventing no. the gun and you're like oh no <laughs> oh shit, they've got guns! They've got guns! <laughs> oh, finally, we're getting Planet of the Apes out of here, that's fine. Pretty, pretty that's much, fine. yeah, it's just instead of a serum, it's just the, it's just the inevitable Man, passage the of inevitable time. inevitable passage of time, it's some shit. Yeah. But, did uh, we lose someone? Uh, no, I think we just Liam? got... I no, muted myself because I'm yeah, eating. Yeah, don't do that, oh, give us the eating sounds, that's um, what the fans so, want. I like how, yeah, yeah. exactly. I like how it's not so much a steam dome mm. as a steam tower. Yeah. There's <laughs> just more dicks on the dicks. You have a big, mm. long dick that has two dicks on the side. It, that, Alice, that's your quest, the answer to your question earlier. What does the steam uh, look okay. like? It's a bunch of dicks. Bunch, a bunch of dicks. It's like a dick cryptid. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a dick <laughs> amalgamate. The amalgamation of dicks. Um, so, main issues with this engine is that the firebox, you'll notice, has to fit between and on top of all the wheels and axles under it so you're left with something that is very shallow and very narrow and as a consequence has to be very long like it was about a nine or ten foot long firebox and you had to have some guy chucking big cuts of corded lumber just trying to chuck that 10 feet through a tiny little hole and even with two people doing that they weren't able to keep steam up so <laughs> they they this engine specifically didn't cause a chain reaction, but it was sort of the canary in the coal mine that we cannot do incrementalism with locomotive design using this template. We have to do a radical jump to something that will actually solve the mechanical problems we're dealing with. And so, next slide. Yes. Within, within 20 mm -hmm. years. Tested brain. <laughs> within 20 years, we get to a locomotive that is drastically different the boiler is much larger and it's able to do that because it's been brought above the level of the wheels and so that allows you to not be restricted by the gauge at the track and the firebox has been moved behind the driving wheels on a set of trailing wheels and this allows the firebox to be much deeper and wider for a larger grate and better combustion <coughs> instead of the old slide valves they switch to piston valves which are easier to lubricate and can use a higher temperature steam oil, which then allows you to superheat the steam and get more power out of your boiler than just the original saturated steam. So basically, all of these developments, again, were gradual, but the first locomotive type that really had sort of everything together, you know, the magic formula was figured out again, was the 442 Atlantic. And from there, they yes. were able to grow again. Um, like if you had asked me, like, what's the most important wheel arrangement in the history of loco locomotive development? I would argue the Atlantic. I know there's not a single one design that is the most important because it's a developmental thing. But if I had to pick one, it would be this. I mean, all Atlantics are like terrible. They're like bad locomotives, but they're very good because they signaled better things. Yes, they were. <laughs> they were a sign of hope. And you'll mm -hmm. also notice on the outside. There is a new valve gear, and don't change the slide yet because there's a bit I want to talk about. But this valve gear, after you know Stevenson valve gear was the old standard, this valve gear invented by Ekhide Valschartz. I'm never going <laughs> to say that again. Invented by Johannes Valschartz. Yeah, Johannes Valschartz. Yeah, so, valve gear. <laughs> yeah, so 
So Valsjarts, um, you know, one of the two good Belgians we were able to identify before we started this. Those are the only two. Um, invents, he invented this all the way back in 1844, which is only three years after Stevenson valve gear, and he had developed it from Gab valve gear. So it's actually very possible that it may have been developed independently rather than an advancement of Stevenson gear like some historians think. Um, another interesting quirk about Valsjarts valve gear is that it was such a good valve gear mm. that it was invented twice. A parallel discovery of it was made in 1849 by a German engineer named Hilsinger. And in fact, in Germany, they still call it uh, Hilsinger valve gear to this day. I like the concept that they discovered it like it was growing on a tree. Mm-hmm. They were hacking mm-hmm. through the jungle somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I said you wouldn't say it again. A tree, and this. Is owned. Oh, uh, fuck. He, was, he, he, he was going through the Belgian Congo and. Yeah. And a bunch of metal rods fell onto his head and he looked at it and he was like, oh my God, this is it. (laughs) Um, But there's a lot of improvements over Stevenson gear that this allows. And we will talk about that in the next slide. Do we go to the next slide now? Yeah. Okay. Here we are. I got to make this go. Okay. It's going. Cool. So you'll notice um, this is much simpler in design. It's much more directly laid out. There's less duplication of parts. You know, it's shown here modeled with the new cylinder type as well, which once we hide the casing. So now the valve, uh, the actual valve itself is not just a block with a notch cut in the underside. It's actually a spool and steam is stored on the inside of the valve faces instead of the outside, which is more thermally efficient. Instead of two eccentrics per side, you have one eccentric called a return crank, and that turns the expansion link, which is now facing the opposite direction. And instead of lifting and lower, lowering the link itself, you raise and lower the radius rod, so you're moving a less heavy thing. It's easier <clears> to back. manage. Hey, welcome Very back. Nice. We're in the middle of a vid. Uh, so <laughs> as before, you raise and lower up one portion of it. Instead of the links, you're raising and lowering the radius rod. Um, which controls which direction the steam goes into in either the forward or reverse valve port. And so we'll go ahead and let it start running. Um, and also something else to I want to talk about is that in order to do away with the second uh, eccentric, you have what's called the union link and the combination lever, which, as you can see here, imparts some motion to the valve when the engine is in neutral. And that helps to compensate for the fact that instead of two eccentrics that are less than 90 degrees you have one eccentric at 90 degrees now so you're simplifying the motion um you're bringing it all outside of the engine so it's easier to maintain and you also have better steaming because the exhaust ports are now larger and they remain open for longer and um it's much it you get better performance at high speeds as well um, it, 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 it's it's better. It's more. They, t- they turned it's, the it's make significantly more switch to on, which I don't know why they didn't think to do that first. You ever try yeah. to animate one of the, these without knowing exactly how it works? It's a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah, um, you, we did that <laughs> once. Uh, we had to render yep. a later iteration of Volsharts gear called Baker Valve Gear, which instead yes. of the curved expansion link, it has a series of bell cranks and levers because they wanted to get rid of the sliding die block and only use pin joints. Yes. But it makes the valve gear much more stupid. No, I'm, on, I'm, I'm, on, yeah. I'm on Team Baker. I'm, I'm, on team I'm, Baker. Still, I'm still on Team Valsyarts. Baker can go <laughs> fuck itself. You cannot get Baker valve gear to run properly in reverse. I have tried for weeks. 
it's how, not possible. How often, how often are you running the steam locomotive in reverse? Like if you got like a enough. big express mainline locomotive, enough. it's like, I don't know if we're going to reverse to hook it onto the passenger train, then you know what we're going to do? We're going to go full, full forward all the way from Norfolk to Cincinnati, right? Everything should be balanced. We need balance. We need, ah, that's, that's one weird thing about the Marvel movies is like, you can't really have a villain where like his shtick is he just kills half of the people. Cause like, I feel like in the times we're living in, like half of the people are mm-hmm. causing all the problems. Uh, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> we're, 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 uh, let's go into overpopulation discourse. No, all right. no, 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 I'm saying it's anti-maskers. Not <laughs> like uh, the anti-maskers are going to kill themselves off. Don't worry. Well, no, it's they cough on other people and then they die. It's not fair. Nah, well, that's it, true. We should probably just cut that Wait, out. We're cutting stuff? <laughs> Maybe, no, no it's a bonus episode. Yeah, we all oh, swore shit. a blood oath uh, that we weren't um, going to do that, which is why the episodes are all like this. <laughs> all right, now we get into dumb stuff. Yeah, we're, we're back to dumb stuff. So engines started getting bigger again, and they got bigger than before, but they also reached a point where it started getting kind of stupid. Yes. So up top, we have the Union Pacific 9000 class, which is a 412-2. Hell yes. Um, yes. So we've got another pair of drivers. We It actually f- worked fairly well. The problem is you needed almost dead straight track to run it on. Otherwise, it would literally start to straighten out your curves. I see mm-hmm. I see a communism down here. And three cylinders, too. Who is A. Andreev? No, this is... Uh, <laughs> So this is a locomotive built by the Soviet Union. They wanted to go one more wheel than the 12. They built a 414 for the Bolshoi <laughs> Chungus. And uh, <laughs> this engine also had difficulty sta- staying on the track, and only one was built, and they didn't build anymore. There was also a proposal a from... Gobernadorsky. And then so uh, Lima tried to build an even bigger one before they had the idea to do the Allegheny, which you could watch Justin's video on his Transport Fever 2 model for that. I'm in it and I have a hole in my throat and I sound terrible. You should definitely uh, say bad things about my voice in that. (laughs) But um, this stupid engine had cylinders that were so big that they weren't actually able to fit them on the side of the engine. So they thought, what if we just put the cylinders out in front somewhere and squish them together a bit? And yes, luckily, <laughs> or, I should say, unfortunately, it didn't get built. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. Um, Liam, Sir you're going to like this yeah. one. I'm old, uh, Tom. I'm old, Tom. It's okay. I'm, get, I'm getting there. You're only like two years older than I am. Dude, it's, it's, okay, listen, I, I, I got that. Uh, I got that reverse uh, Dorian Gray curse where I just age a thousand fucking you years a every thousand, day. Bro. A thousand oh, days shit. for each hour of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, Alice. That's you're, how it feels. You're, you're a little loud. There, yeah, I believe, I, that's because I'm talking literally correctly to the mic. I, I, I was uh, making a no. point, which apparently I'm not allowed to be funny anymore, no. according to some guy on Twitter, and now yeah, apparently uh, Roz. Yeah, 
Yes, but you know, I would like you, you. You can be funny. You just can't be that loud. Wow, tone oh. police. Man. Okay, hang yeah, on. Be, because your gain is yeah. yeah tone police. Yeah, don't don't, don't Liam, tone police. Liam, I will not be that respectable in the politics in this household. Liam, you should be happy. We have bendy boilers. Yeah. We finally have bendy oh, boilers. Oh, I love bendy boilers. I love them. Tell me more. Just jangling the keys in front of Liam. No, Liam, we got the we got the bendy boilers. Look, bendy boilers. So. Eventually, in order to keep engines from being too long, they started to articulate them. A proper articulated engine should have a solid boiler with two swiveling engine units underneath of it. Santa Fe said, well, that's stupid. What if we just articulate the boiler itself and have like a double ball bearing bellows type connection between them? And it was a horrifying disaster. It never worked. Oh, hell yeah. That's the shit I'm here for. But then, uh, <laughs> Liam, your gain is still too high. Oh, my God. <laughs> but then, How uh, is this? Are you done? Uh, is this yes, good? Yes, that's, that's much better. Are you done crying about it? You want me to come over there? That, that is, you sounded like you hug? were just, just spewing <laughs> fart noises into the microphone. Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> Why don't you appreciate my butt arts? I just ate Kadova, dude. This is, this is a downhill battle. You know, I had Kadova today also. Great minds think alike, or fools seldom differ. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> so, so the standard. You the can stand, do this, Tom. <laughs> the, the standard articulated locomotive has two engine units. At some point, Baldwin said, "What if we try three? What if we build the triplex?" Yeah. And this thing was really stupid. Yeah. It only went ten miles an hour because it used too much yeah. steam. But then Baldwin said, "Hey, what if we build four? And then eventually, like they had the concept drawings for the quadruplex which has the bendy boiler in it after it yes. already proved unsuccessful and i didn't include it here because there wasn't enough space but they also drew a concept when you for say the there wasn't enough space did you mean in time or in like the resolution of the slide like it just goes off the scale to the right the it 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 went it's I very get, large i could very large locomotive the uh, the engine unit, by the way, is the cylinders and the driving wheels. So you see that the triplex has three of them, and then this articulated guy up here has two of them. Yeah, Bendolio. Ben oh, that's his Antonio name. Antonio Bendolio. <laughs> I loved his work as Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> I like to more. I just looked kids. at the notes and realized we are not even <laughs> close to halfway through the slides yet. Nope. <laughs> okay, we start. We start going quick at some point. Yeah, uh, liar. The, your regular articulated locomotives were very successful, but the ones that either had bendy boilers or had three engine units were not good. Yeah, we're we're just doing sort of like the bonus stupid round to One keep bendy it fairly boiler. brief. Bendy what what if you want to build a locomotive like that. that doesn't asphyxiate your crew? I don't. I don't want to do that. Itself in that. Yeah, yeah, that. I'm a, I'm a railroad that's, that's baron. I love decadence. to do murders. That's basically all I do. Yes, that's... <laughs> so, so the problem with the Southern Pacific Railroad specifically on its Donner Summit route is that it has about 40 miles of snow sheds with poor ventilation. And when you start running these big locomotives through there, your crews start to choke, just like uh, parking back to novelty. Wah. They get too much carbon monoxide Wah. in the face, they start to die. <laughs> <laughs> except, now it's too, uh, except now there's a lot more smoke. carbon dioxide and get addicted to asphyxiation? Except now there's more smoke, so you can't just say, like, I guess I'll do, live. Do not become, my friends, addicted to oxygen. <laughs> you will resent its absence. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, but the Southern Pacific, because their locomotives burned oil, they had the brilliant idea. What if we just turn the train around and run it backwards, but not fully mm-hmm. backwards? And so the cab forward was designed. It looks very cool. And also yes. in the lower left corner, the Soviets built one too. You know, because they, they have to have one of everything. And the upper Stalinettes, which is also very cool. Huh. Uh, yeah, yeah so I love that little, new little... dance from Stalin and the Stalinettes. They'd <laughs> launch a satellite into space from my grandmother's uh, potato farm or whatever. I don't... I'm, I'm particularly I'm so enjoying tired. the like sort of Provo engine driver in the top left here. Mm-hmm. 26 plus 6 equals 1, baby. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then well, the that's one what the, they had to do before they uh, had the cab forwards. That's the only way he could breathe in the snow sheds. Yeah, they just, they just, <laughs> had, a, they just had a, a little tube with air you could breathe. And then the one in the upper right is just like an oddball one. Technically, one of the first cab forwards built was actually an engine that they tried to build with a marine boiler, and they could only mount it on the original engine frame backwards. So they said, well, let's convert it to oil and run it like this weird ass backwards train. Uh, we'll talk more about marine boilers later, but next slide. Okay, duplexes. that one was quick. That's good. Okay, duplexes. Oh, Ross, you got this one. Duplexes. I, I don't have notes I for love, this. I love duplexes. All right, so oh, boy. you have once you're building these locomotives big enough, they they are start to become free steaming, right? Which is that the locomotive's always producing more steam when it's properly operated than cylinders can use, right? So it, the problem here is like, well, okay, we're producing all this power, but we can't use all of it. What do you do? One option is make more cylinders, right? So, <laughs> okay. Rather just than have, stretch out, just stretch it out, add more cylinders. So, rather than, so this on the top is the N1 5600 George H. Emerson. This is built by the Baltimore and Ohio, right? So, rather than being a 484, what they did is they made two engine units, right? thereby making it a 4444 right so (laughs) this is not articulated this is a rigid frame right and um you know this way you could use more of the steam you were producing right um now one of the big problems of this was a it was more complicated to maintain b because they made the second engine unit backwards whole bunch of dirt and grime got in the cylinders so and yeah, also, it it's amazing. directly under the firebox, so it's going to be heated higher than what the steam oil can lubricate it at, and you get excessive have, valve wear. That'll also do it. Yep. I didn't know about that part. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh he's now, dying. Knowledge fatigue. No, I'm not dying. In. I just oh. took a fat rip off of me. <laughs> oh, why don't you dip like an adult? Um. <laughs> you live in West Virginia, Tom. Dip. <laughs> You coward. Who said it was tobacco? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it should be tobacco. Use dip, you pussy. <laughs> the B&O built one duplex locomotive. The Pennsylvania Railroad built several. This is the, one of the first prototypes, the S1 down here, designed by Raymond Lowy. Uh, oh. One of the big problems with this, it was built during the early part of World War II, right? There were material shortages. That's why... They have a six-wheel truck in front. They have two engine units. They have a six-wheel truck in back. This is a 6446. Um, oh, is that why they did it? They just like recycled some Commonwealth trucks because they didn't want to build a normal pilot truck? Yeah. Oh, my God. And this was 
or this spent most of its career sitting on a treadmill at a world's fair. I think it was the 1939 world's fair as opposed to, you know, going out and doing service. One of the big problems, it was so big. It was so long. It was so rigid. It couldn't make it farther than Crestline, Ohio from uh, Chicago. Yeah, but on so, the other hand, look at it this way, it did inspire a whole bunch of Ayn Rand's fucked sexuality and like what? psychosis and politics oh, and stuff, and now as a partial result of that, we're sort of burning the world down, so... Yes. Yes, that's accurate. I mean, because it, it looks like, like a dick. It looks like a dick. It looks like a huge, huge, huge it has to fucking go. throbbing cock. Yes. I hit myself I was, in the eye. Oh no! I was gonna have a slide in here of the most fucked up streamliners I could find, but I cut it out for time. There's some fucking dudes, oh, damn. dude. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, ah, we should put should have put six eleven in here. Um, no, we shouldn't have put. I don't six eleven is not a duplex class. Well, I do. I like the Norfolk West. I fucking know. Next slide, please. Go home, Fomer. <laughs> so, what if we want to build an engine with that a boiler? That just looks like a dick in balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you've done there is you've made a dick in balls. And the steam <laughs> is stored in the balls. The, the yes. thing I love about the Hush Hush and the PT Mikado is they look like they're uncircumcised. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is yeah, two, 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 three, two, uncut. Uh, yes. No fats, no fans. We're going by the French uh, classification. I like it. Yeah. Well, that'd be a, that'd be a Hudson. Yeah. Yeah, Hudson. Oh, yeah. We, we, French, uh, we count the axles. We do not count the wheels because you only see half the wheels at the, any one time. That's right. So, oh, oh, we be. If you can see both sides of wheels at the same time, you are a hammerhead shark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I got really high. <laughs> this bodes well for keeping the podcast on track when two okay. of us are fucking <laughs> delirious from tiredness. Oh, one of us just baked, and it's just down to Ross, who is like famously very experienced at keeping us on track no, and on time and punctual. Okay, focus, focus. When I was a young boy, when he was a young warthog. <laughs> My God! Okay. When, I, when I was okay, a lad, I served the term as office boy in an attorney's firm. I can do this. Yeah. So these, 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 are all these are all experiments in high pressure steam. Um, in the upper right, they're all experiments how to make an uncircumcised train. Yes. Britain was so anti-Semitic <laughs> that they were like looking at a steam engine oh was just like, this looks Jewish to oh you. Uh, <laughs> we'll get you. Me and Ford, whoever brought you, will get you. I, I, do uh, like, uh, I do like bottom yeah. right just looks like half a circus train. Yep. So yeah. upper left was an experiment in right water back. tube, high pee. pressure boilers. Stick upper left is an experiment in a marine uh -huh. boiler. Um, because the difference between a fire tube and water tube is a fire tube boiler, you have the boiler full of water and <laughs> tubes with the fire gas go through it. With a water tube, you have tubes full of water and the fire you're gas just, goes around it. You're just saying yeah. words to me. Okay. I, I'm sorry. That just washed over me. There's <laughs> a just, big... 
in a fire tube boiler, there's a big tank full of water and then there's fire in the tubes. But in a water tube boiler, there's a big tank full of fire and the water is in the tubes. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So the the problem with these is that they try to use a boat engine, a boat boiler on a train. The problem is boats get very soft, gentle vibrations from the waves. Trains is like hitting the train with a big goddamn hammer constantly. So they just drive the train in the water. What's the problem? Um, you put the fire out if it gets over the grate. Also Uh, rust. Yes. Um, also, you could like temperature shock the boiler, and then it explodes, and we all die. Back, baby. Also, the, the it doesn't that float. Th- that's another thing. Um, so yeah, this was mainly like they had tried to do it with fire tubes or with water tubes. They found it didn't work, so that's why we have to stick with the fire tube boiler from here on out. Next slide. <laughs> oh wait, no, we got we got three more on here, right? No, we. we I, got, I talked about all three of them. You didn't talk about Baldwin sixty thousand. Baldwin 60,000 was an attempt to make a hybridized version between a, f- fire tube, a fire tube boiler and a water tube firebox. It was fairly successful boiler design-wise, however, it was hard on track, and despite um, sending it to a bunch of railroads, they really didn't want to order any. And so they... Right, yeah. yeah. It was, like, very successful in trials. It was just, like, the railroads were like, uh, I, don't, I don't want to do this much maintenance. Uh... You know, put put it in the basement of the Franklin Institute, which is where it is now. Where you know, they can't sort of escape bring it forward and back, yeah, and send bad ideas. To SCP, yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, there's uh, the LF uh, lorry up here. It's four eight zero. This is a high pressure Delaware and Hudson locomotive, five hundred psi. Normal working pressure on a steam locomotive two hundred fifty psi or so. And two fifty to three hundred near the end, yeah. Two fifty to three hundred, yeah. This was uh. Some of the locomotives went much higher than that. This one, this one was named after L.F. Laurie, who was supposedly the man who came up with the expression of what a hell of a way to run a railroad. Um, <laughs> so, you know, high pressure was is not very successful. I mean, it was the, the, the way, an obvious way forward was to make high pressure steam locomotives because the way Carnot heat engine works is, you know, the difference between temperature and pressure of you know your working heat and your rejected heat increases efficiency but you know the maintenance costs were just so damn high that you couldn't yep. do anything with it and that's an important lesson in railroad design history is that even if something was technically more efficient if it was cheaper to run the alternative and get the same output they went with a cheaper option that's yes. why locomotives tended to follow the kiss principle ah uh, yes next slide but then there were oh boy then the engines stuff. got too efficient. Yeah, <laughs> it went too far. Shout out to the asbestos Smurfs down here. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we, I, I we, like that it's just enough to see that that suit, the hood, and the mittens are all one hundred percent asbestos. It doesn't yes. cover his shoes, so he's gonna melt from the bottom up, like the guy in uh, what was it? Volcano movie in Los Angeles. Yeah, there's some yeah. there's some convection happening getting, there. Uh, getting a reverse Indiana Jones. <laughs> you, you saw you, it's the Ark of the Covenant, but it was only exposed to your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a woman wearing an unironic Ark Encounter sweatshirt, and I kind of wanted to like track her down. Just be like, you spent thirty eight dollars on this, huh? And now what? I want to go to Ark Encounter. Well, no, no, no. Let's, let's talk about this. Can yeah. your feet see the Ark of the Covenant and process what it's looking at? 
If no, they should I be fine. I don't care. The feet are fine. We have to. So that they no, can I, one day evolve I into trains. I think that because I'm Jewish, I would be fine. The, the feet will evolve into trains uh, Indiana day. Jones wasn't Jewish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, alright, so you start looking into these sort of late steam locomotives, like you're trying to compete with diesels, you know, one of the things you want to do is you want to increase efficiency, right? So... The New York Central Railroad built this class called the Niagara, right? This is a 484 Northern, right? And the idea was this would haul the, you know, the 20th Century Limited, the um, there, Empire Alice. State Express, yeah. so on and so forth. I'm hanging in there. Right? And they would run, it, th- these would be available six out of seven days a week, right? And then on the, on the seventh day, it would rest. Um, but not really, because steam locomotives take a long, long time to fire up, right? So, mm-hmm. what they oh, it did? Took like thirty years to fire up six eleven, or yes. So what? Oh. What they did? <laughs> what they did was on the seventh day, um, they'd extinguish the fire, but it would take a long. The locomotive never fully cooled down. They would send men in asbestos suits into the firebox to clean it out, and then they would climb out, and then it'd be ready to go for the next run. <laughs> Why are they walking so comically? Is what I want to know. Did you not like, hear the phrase "asbestos suit"? Well, it's, they're, they're, they're yeah, doing the album picture for Abbey Road. The Abbey is short yeah. for asbestos. <laughs> I just mean, I like, look at how high they're all swinging their arms. Right? There's no That's, reason for you to do that other than uh, comedy. It's asbestos dogs. They die of mesothelioma. Um, <laughs> it's funny because it happened 30 years later. <laughs> another one is, uh, you know, another one is uh, Andre Champlain's uh, 484 for the SNC. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on. I j- I've been looking at this for a week and a half. I just realized to do the size comparison by the French train, they have a backpacker, and by the American one, it's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. (laughs) I love an asbestos cowboy. I'm a cowboy on an asbestos horse. It's mostly just dead, to be honest. (laughs) Dead, or who am I kidding? Sandre Champlain was a uh, French locomotive engineer, not not driving engineer, engineering that he studied like thermodynamics and garbage. He was like, what if we what if we started applying math to steam locomotives rather than just making certain parts bigger and assuming that would create more power, right? And he created this uh one of the only 484s to run in Europe, right? And uh, for its size, you can see it's much smaller than the Niagara below it. Um, it produced just an absurd amount of power. Just like this this thing, I think it was like 5,000 horsepower or something. The Niagara below is like 6,000, I think. I think the one above was close to 6,000 as well. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it was just like, it, it was just like, it was a beast. Because I believe Especially, the one above is a four-cylinder. Oh, I'm God. <laughs> Four cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a lot of express locomotives G-G-I. in France and uh, England were like that. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, Great Western Railway Castle class was uh, four cylinders. They're very cool. cool. 
Oh, oui, oui, la locomotive. <laughs> but yeah, you didn't really see like, you know, thermodynamic principles being applied to these locomotives until fairly late in the development of them by the time that, you know, diesels seem to be dominant and were dominant, right? So we have no idea what, you know, what is the top end steam locomotive. We're going to talk about that later. But, you know, there were some attempts. <laughs> and then there were some weirdos. So everything we've seen so far has been so normal. Extremely normal. Yeah. I love to look at uncircumcised dogs for 15 uh-huh. minutes. So uh, uh, we're gonna, uh-huh. it's going to get worse. <laughs> Liam, if you think some of these are what dicks look like, you should talk to your doctor. Maybe you should talk to your doctor, Tom. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> and this a call uh, I have health insurance. Uh-huh. Actually, wait, no, I should qualify for one because I got Medicaid after I almost died this year. Out of boy. Congrats. I, I lost just enough income before I almost died of sepsis. Uh, <laughs> hey, congratulations. <laughs> Yes, I qualified for that. I threaded the needle. (laughs) Wealthy enough to survive, Mm. poor enough to get Medicaid. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, So, upper left, in order to start competing with diesel electric locomotives, they tried to make a steam electric locomotive, (laughs) also known as a steam turbine. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you have a steam locomotive turning. um, Originally, the, what was it, the S3? On the Pennsylvania, the turbine uh, engine. It the had, S2 was the uh, turbine okay. one, yeah. Um, yeah, the S2 was a steam turbine that just had the turbo- the like actual turbine fan directly on the axle for direct drive. That's very inefficient when starting, so instead they had you turn a, um, turn a steam turbine hooked up to a dynamo or like a generator, and then that would power electric traction motors in order to get better performance at uh, low speed. So the, the S2 the, actually had two turbines because it's so difficult oh, to get it to go in reverse. Yeah. You needed a separate turbine to go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so the upper left was another example of that, which is on the Chesapeake in Ohio, just this long, weird, sort of fallout diesel punk looking thing. One of the upper right just straight up does look like a diesel. In fact, that is a steam turbine built for the Union Pacific. Um, Neither of them worked very good. Nope. Lower left actually did work, but it's very strange. It's you can only have it in one economic situation in history, and that is when what was it? Switzerland? Switzerland in World War II. The Nazis had all the coal, but the Swiss had a bunch of hydropower, so they just stuck a pantograph on top of the steam locomotive and had an electric heating element in the firebox. <laughs> Shitty college stove is uh, raising steam, not just making ramen anymore. <laughs> Why yeah. is Switzerland always so fucked vibes with this? Like with boats too. They just had a bunch of wood-fired engines because they didn't have any any coal for uh, or even oil for like lake ships. Yeah. Or like, did did they have those like weird like wood gas engines? Yeah, things? yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred oh, percent. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, lower right. Um, they decided to take this one step further, and what if inside heating the water was just a nuclear reactor? Yes, now yes. we're no containment. Yes, go yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, with no containment, just like the crumple zone the, is two blokes. You are the crumple zone, mm. baby. <laughs> there was there was uh, there was a fair amount of research into this in the fifties. It never went anywhere oh, because yeah. people realized, oh, this is incredibly people stupid. People cocks who didn't want to die. They, yeah, exactly, right? Life is good, Alice! I'm not feeling it right now, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh. 
Well, I hope ah. your situation improves and it's a good feeling to get back to that every human being deserves. I hope you get there. Why am I just I... want to drive the atomic train. Mm. <sighs> no, it, I'm no, don't build it. <laughs> just just driving this yeah. thing like, do you say it's metal? Uh, no, I just yes. said don't build it. Oh. <laughs> well, honestly, like I, I, I ride, uh, you know, when I when I go to Center City, I ride an atomic trolley. It just has a very elaborate transmission. Oh, yeah, um, yes. yeah, because because yeah, because Philly is, uh, I think, about eighty percent of our power comes from Limerick generating stations. So, yeah, was it eighty? Uh, Justin, Holy I hate to inform yeah. you that Three Mile Island is not on wheels. It doesn't count. Well, that's not, fine. We go from Limerick. Not yet. Yeah, we get from Limerick. Yeah, just and then, putting Limerick, a, a couple of Limerick has never melt, melted down under a cooling tower. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just pick, a pick up the, Peach the, Bottom and roll it down the river. Just those like bridge wheels that Alice doesn't like because mm-hmm. it implies a non-rigid structure. That's yeah. right. Make it stronger. Yes. Speaking right. of make it stronger, these are the strongest. Segue. Uh, yes. I. The record. I'm, I'm hearing like half of the words that I say come back to me. Great. <laughs> oh, so this is the sort of records page. And you'll notice there's a bunch of question marks on there because with a lot of steam locomotive records, we don't really know. Like, what was the first locomotive over 100 miles an hour? Well, if you're the stats purist, you say Flying Scotsman. If you're the American, you say 999. If you're yes. the Brit, you know, adv- purist, whatever you say, City of Truro. And if you're yes. us, we say the Atmospheric Railway. That's right. Yes. And one terrified oh. Irishman. Yes. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh jeez! <laughs> horrible situation here. Get me off of this. potatoes. Holy fucking shit, dude! <laughs> okay, and so as far as what's the fastest locomotive alive? Again, records say Mallard, which yes. while it was making the no, record... You know it wasn't Mallard, you fucking liar. No, I'll get there. <laughs> Hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Decorum. Decorum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, the funny thing about Mallard is when it set this record, which William will contest, um, it actually melted its inside bearings. Yeah, because like, it's a bitch engine for bitch people. It, it's, it's, <laughs> definitely the, it's definitely the finicky, like, European sports uh, car kind board. of yeah, yeah. Because, um, finicky, because handmade finicky in, in England is just yeah. a byword for at some point the doors are gonna fall off <laughs> oh, you don't want a Morgan <laughs> come on I published a transphobic <laughs> article in the Guardian like, after, the after it arrived <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, like Justin and Liam would say they think it was the GG1s because the Pennsylvania Railroad had a locomotive that was capable of that speed, but they never fully verified it because they yeah, cheated the out. And, yeah. Is it, yeah, they yeah. don't need to. They, did, we know they cheated out and didn't yeah. get speedometers. Yeah, they didn't have speedometers. Who needs them? Yeah. Just listen Although to the rhythm does of the does defeat the phrase, I paid for the whole speedometer, I'm going to use the whole speedometer. <laughs> if you have <laughs> no speedometer, you, you don't have to pay anything. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm not <laughs> obeying the speed time. limit. Yeah. And so what's like the strongest engine? That's even more confusing because like the big boy, which is the one that people think of, that's just like the longest big, one. That's not the biggest. Yeah. I kind of respect uh, calling about, it the big boy though. That's just you know. It's just well, a, a, the Union a Pacific- man. Yeah, a man chalked the word "big boy" on the locomotive on the first one while it was under construction, 
because it was in fact very large because <laughs> i think they were going to call it the cheyenne no they were going to call uh, it the uh, the wasatch the wasatch or the four thousand class yeah i was thinking for a second they were going to call it the sasquatch and i was like no that's not right <laughs> so, so seen only through like very fuzzy uh eight uh eight millimeter footage no, but since you mentioned it, if I ever like get around to building a live steam locomotive, I'm gonna call it the Sam Squanch class. <laughs> the Squanch class. Uh, it's it's Trailer Park Boys. Moving, moving on. Uh, so the Allegheny, yeah. you know, allegedly had like claimed to have the highest horsepower. It was also one of the heaviest. Um, so big. Yeah, the, uh, big. Big. the the Pennsylvania Very Railroad Q two, I think. Yes, uh, the duplex, the yeah. four four six four <laughs> on a rigid frame. So it's the equivalent yeah. of like a four ten four. You know, we we've we've trumped Elgo Bear in the door once again, uh, and broke past that wheel barrier. Uh, and then in I the, love these things. Yeah, and then in the lower left, the Virginia triplex, you know, has the most tractive effort in a special running mode uh, called simplex mode uh, where you turn your compound cylinders into simple expansion cylinders so if you're going off of compound engines it would be that one if it's tractive effort alone and you count turbines it's technically john henry like yes there's so many different ways that we classified steam locomotives in strength and power and size that you can't really reward them for that they're just they're big in different ways the Norfolk and Western uh, John Henry is uh, Philadelphia cultural appropriation, too, because they spelled John J-A-W-N. Oh, the bastards. Uh, yeah. That should be it for although, this slide. Although the Norfolk and Western was majority owned by the Pennsylvania Railroad, so who can say? And they just ran it as like a separate thing? Uh, yeah. Oh, some EH Harriman yeah. shit. How did that yeah. have broken up? Okay, we finally got to the fun part. I am sorry it has taken this long. I did not expect um, three Fuck of the you, four Dom. of us to be inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is now finally the rapid fire bonus round. Fucked up train extravapalooza. Seventh yes. inning stretch. Great Yep. Great phrase. Garfield. Uh, yeah. oh, I'm fine. This is Let's a picture. This is a it. Liam's ready, baby. This Liam's is a ready, baby. This is a real train. The pipe train uh, was something I found in a book of mine. It's out of print. It's called A Locomotive Engineer's Album by George Abdill. And uh, someone just decided to build a spark arrestor like a pipe. Cool. It's kind of funny. We also have Gordon oh. as Rudy Giuliani and Thomas as Sonic. <laughs> okay. No, it's, 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 it's Tails getting trolled. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Yank his mic. <laughs> Great, let's go. Okay, so what if you want to build a train with a stupid boiler? These are the stupidest boilers I could find. <laughs> take your pick, take a gander, comment on anything you want to see during the bonus what, round. What is going on here? Okay, so this locomotive called L'Agile. L'Agile. You know, the, 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 the Eagle. The Eagle. It's called the Eagle. You can tell because it doesn't look anything like a fucking Eagle. <laughs> Yes. What the goddamn? Did some asshole look up in the sky, pointed a fucking bird, and say, Yeah, that's, that's, that's what that is. 
Oh, it looks exactly the same to me. Jesus, hell. It's very large, very large wheels. One of the things you notice about eagles is that they're made primarily of cast iron. Well, I, I, Look at the eagles, fucking... notably... One of the only steam-powered animals. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for for the for the eagle, you have a firebox that then bifurcates into a smaller firebox, and then it goes into a tube. But on top of the boiler is another boiler with no tube, and then you have like a stack in the boiler, and then you have the actual. St- Why would you build a train like that? And the one, I, the one under it's like a fucking double-decker bunk bed firebox. What is that? No, it's like in the Lego movie with the double-decker uh, sofa. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> what if someone in the middle of the upper seat has to go to the bathroom? What is, what's going on with this angled boiler guy? It looks like yeah. a rack railway. So you know how a lot of locomotives like tend to explode when like the crown sheet oh, is yeah. exposed? It's like a low-rider yeah, truck. Some guys, like, some guys like, what if we idiot-proof this and just put the crown sheet so far There's under no the water level that, that no perfect. idiot would blow it up? <laughs> he, claims it was for, he claims it was for like thermal efficiency, but no, that's clearly a boiler, so <laughs> idiots don't kill everyone. <laughs> And some guy up here apparently has decided if we had three boilers, that would be better than one. Yeah. What if we had a boiler that like reached out and just shoulder checked you while you're on the platform? <laughs> <laughs> Look, stand behind the yellow line. Yeah, yeah but then exactly. it reaches out past the yellow line because they didn't plan the yellow stand line. Stand even that more kind of behind the yellow line. <laughs> Backing yeah, up. Exactly. Backing up. Backing up. Should have got the new line That's on iOS right. updated Backing so you can up. see where they moved it. And then the lower middle one is, again, this is sort of a similar example to the upper middle, which is the French especially started trying to build boilers that could be bigger but still fit between the wheels. So they either stacked up double boilers or they had them in a weird pinched oval. Now, the problem with it is you don't ever want to have a pressurized vessel in anything other than a cylinder like that. And the reason is because the pressure will want to equalize and push that form into the shape of a circle with equal tension around it. So these well, were so just if really they pressurize stupid. it enough, it'll become a regular boiler. Yes, but you'll also be uh, pushing your wheels off the axles and probably killing everyone. This is why broad gauge was mm. the right decision. We should have gone with Brunel mm, gauge. No, because the loading gauge doesn't allow a proportionally larger amount on the outside of the engine for outside cylinders. We we could have this fight later. We got to keep going. It's a bonus one on next slide. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot drop between. Uh, I cannot Cramptons. drop. <laughs> yeah, Le Crempton, very popular Le in Crampton. France. Invented by, uh, oh, I guess, Mr. Crampton. Is it like Jean-Pierre Crampton? Wait, no, his name's Thomas Russell Crampton. This dude is English. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Russell Crampton. Yeah, oh, no, oui, oui. no, he, he was English. I am French. I am English. He was an Englishman, but he, he designed a locomotive. He was English, but he designed a locomotive that was very popular in France. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so the deal with the Crampton is that they wanted to put the boiler as absolutely low as possible because they thought lower center of gravity would be safer at high speed. Sure, um, makes sense to the me. The only way they thought to do that. So in order also to get a really big wheel for fast passenger service, they just mounted the axle behind the firebox where there's room so you don't have to cut through the boiler or have like a double boiler or something. The problem with that is you have no weight over the back part of the train like that. The entire boiler weight's being carried on unpowered wheels. So the only way I could see the Crampton working past like a five-year window 
is if they just fed all their drivers gavage to put more <laughs> weight on that axle. <laughs> See here, this is this is uh, imagine this this big wheel just spinning. They could go very fast. They couldn't pull anything. No. <laughs> If you wanted, if you yourself wanted to get somewhere and you wanted to drive the Crampton, you know, that was fine. If you wanted to pull a passenger car, <laughs> no. That's the most cursed libertarian feature. Everybody has their this. own you private. Have railroads, you, yeah. Everyone, every, yeah, you have every, railroads everywhere, but it's just... This every, everyone has their thing. own Crampton. I mean, isn't that basically what happened with cars, oh, no. Yeah, except now you have less chances to, like, steer and save mm. your life. It's kind of how mm. early railroads work, too. <laughs> You have to yell out points, and then someone on the side of the road <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. switches the track. <laughs> yeah, the state-owned early, a- or, um, excuse me, uh, open access railroads, um, like Still the mainline nominally a thing with like, train well, operating companies in the UK too. There'll be some that just like buy the right to to operate like a handful of trains. You should probably oh, no, do I mean, that's, an episode that's, that's on scheduled hmm. though. This is anyone can use their own locomotive on the railroad at any time. That's how the Philadelphia and Columbia Railroad worked. You, you could if easily you, do if a you bonus have a train, episode. You like can run it. That, yeah. But oh, sorry, I was... a horse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for the Cramptons. Next slide. Yeah. Well, we still, we also got like the big the big uh, Sterling the big locomotive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, our yeah. our friend, friend friend of the podcast cast Isambard Kingdom <laughs> Brunel. Tried to build an yes. even bigger wheel on a bigger gauge, <sighs> and so he just he got a ten foot wheel, but he literally just put it on a weightless cart. Our boy, he, built, he? Uh, he built the world's dumbest Ferris wheel, is what he did. Uh-huh. No people. <laughs> Good lord! But what if you want to build a stupider wheel? The Fontaine. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so the Fontaine, in order to build the equivalent of a bigger wheel, they tried to have like almost like compound gearing but with wheels which what's the best part about gears with no teeth yeah that's not a they, yeah. they slip yeah. they, they don't work yeah. <laughs> so he he invented additional wheel slip this is what he oh, did good. he had the big wheel on top that drives a smaller wheel which makes the big wheel on the bottom go faster right that's fine that'll work yeah but that's like a gear reduction ratio of like 1.18 to 1 It'll go 70 instead of 60, assuming it's not carrying anything. <laughs> Trains need to do that. Remember, they're getting bigger. We need we need the Gobernador, or we is this, uh, is, won't be able to do is that. Is this the Florida East Coast Railroad? I believe that was the Fontaine Engine Company. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was about to say, they bring this out to Key West. <laughs> That'd be funny to watch it. No, that's how you do it. The rust adds adhesion. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. We figured it out. Key West extension. That's an episode right there. <laughs> also, I just want to say I am Puerto Rican and I apologize for how badly I'm speaking Spanish. I cannot think straight right now. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. All right. How you doing, Alice? Um, you know how FDR said when you're at the end of the, your rope, you tie a knot in it and hold on? That's how oh, nice. that It's okay, cool. they get funnier from here. I made sure to have it be a yep. ramp up to keep... I, I figured <laughs> we would need a fourth quarter wind, but yes. what if you want to build an even stupider wheel than that? So, in order to improve adhesion, some guy thought with this locomotive, what if instead of a circle, we make it a 118-sided polygon? <laughs> Yes. 
Oh, and okay. I just want to say, oh, roll, roll <laughs> for initiative. <laughs> yeah, 118 is not the kind of word you like draw on the plans. That's the kind of number you get when you stick a bunch of squares on a wheel and you come around to the other end. I guarantee you, he put in number one set 117, and he was like, "Hey, bring me, bring me my calipers. We got to cut this one different." <laughs> I don't even know how you do that. Doing train phrenology. <laughs> oh. This is like I don't even know how you manufacture that. Like I, I can I, I know how you put a put a wheel together and just like I don't know, you put a blade on the thing and spin it around. How do you do a hundred and eighteen sided polygon? Yeah. So every rotation you get like one big bang, you know, as a, as well as well as 118 smaller bangs you also get. Yeah, it just sounds like artillery fire the whole time. It sounds time. like a machine it's cool. gun. Yeah, it's just like it's, yeah. it's quiet and then all together the light full experience. <laughs> as you're just getting pounded like yeah. <laughs> but wait, it gets worse. <laughs> this is if anyone ever tells you that capitalism spurs innovation, show them oh, this slide so and tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> because this the is just horror. This is just pure capitalist grift. They invented some bullshit literal fucking pyramid scheme train. <laughs> and they, they, they made this stupid thing that looks kind of techno smart and they sell it to stupid this was like the first gadget bomb just trying to sell some stupid idea for money that looks I'm so glad this has never happened since <sighs> well, luckily we will not get there this. <laughs> yeah, there's they built the so, second one ten years after the first one and so they, they <laughs> asked Angel's investors like hey can you give us each a million dollars to like get this idea off the ground and invest in this new technology that you're a part of and will be the future. And then they just took the money and left town. <laughs> this is good for reasons which we don't know how to explain properly. It's, it's good, it like, looking like at a podcast. cursed emoji feels good. It's like, I don't know, I mean, if you add mm. more wheels, it's more wheels. More is right? more good. More is... Yeah, and the more, reels, the more wheels there are, then the more wheels yes. you have. And that's good, because of reasons. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's good because you have more wheels, which is what you want. Because there's wheels. Be, I believe, I believe if the we stacks. were all wheels, there would be four more wheels. What if it was a horse? Right. Throw? What if the horse drove some wheels? What if you put a bunch of wheels on a horse? What is a leg? Which leads me to my my favorite like my favorite evolutionary question: Why hasn't nature evolved um, wheels? Because sliding joints on blood vessels doesn't work. Yes. Yet, because nature's <laughs> fucking stupid. Nature's right. fucking dumb as shit. I mean, also there's stuff that doesn't have blood vessels. Where the fuck are its wheels? Again, nature's fucking stupid. That's right. I'm becoming a creationist actually, yeah, now. You, you got I, I'm, 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 okay. I'm in, I, actually, I'm dumb design, not intelligent design. I think God was yeah. God designed everything, but he's yeah. also a fucking moron. <laughs> so, so, so you know, you, uh, you all know how like broad gauge exists, and like standard mm -hmm. gauge exists, and narrow gauge mm -hmm. exists, and minimum gauge mm -hmm. exists. What if you just kept pushing the rails together until it's just one rail? Mm. And what if you're also stupid uh, and you want to make it with steam? Mono one. means and one, rail and means rail, rail means rail. So they, these are some weird steam monorails. And the upper left one was the Boynton Bicycle Railway. 
It was designed to be double decker and run through very narrow alleyways between tall skyscrapers in New York. Hell yes. yes. That's the kind of futurism that Welcome I want. To the, the, is getting run down by a fucking bicycle monorail. Oh, one. One, one? No, the 012. No. No, it's the 012. Is the French classification becomes the actual classification. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> and I like this I like this with two boilers. Yeah. So that was the um the monorail system that was in Ireland. Something cool about that actually is that uh they had drawbridge grade crossings. You just bring a nice. drawbridge dra- down over on top of the rail and drive a cart across Indeed. it. Oh it's, my god. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, I have to lay siege to the railroad. I like that the headlight is larger than both the boilers. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, that's cool. That's that's weird. That it has like an American headlight on an Irish engine. Oh yeah, it's uh, this is a cultural exchange right there. Huh. they gave us Boston. Hmm. We gave them the light. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then there is probably the coolest looking thing in the in the thing so far is uh, like this, this like. Weird, like steampunk looking, like Wild Wild West kind of steam monorail. I don't remember exactly why this failed. It just did. I mean, probably because it was dumb. Yeah, let's. But it does look fucking cool. It I does like look it. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big, like, pill shaped caboose screaming at you. Yeah, shit. I want to like make this for like city skylines or something like that because it looks oh, fucking wow. dope. I almost yeah. built. The, I almost thought about building the next one in O scale. So what if you want to build a monorail, but you're also really fucking lazy? Uh, I, I build a a no rail. I just I what I build do is I build a train and it just sits there. Well, no, it it still is on a monorail, but oh, okay, just, fine. I build an atmospheric railway. That would have probably been better than this. This is literally just a Baldwin 040 that they put on stilts and then just took half the wheels off and pushed the other half into the center. This is, (laughs) I said we were going to get to this. There is an actual 020 and it is this engine. Incredible. Um, The problem with this is that it was extremely heavy for wood rail with a tiny metal strap on it. And also the little tanks on the bottom where it says Bradford and Foster Brook, those were the water tanks. And so when they would, <laughs> when they'd run out of water, you know, all three gallons of it, then, you know, you wouldn't have ballast down low for stability. And so it would just, you know, start rocking flop yep. over the side. Yep. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, this railroad is only about two miles long. On the fourth run, it just crashed through the middle and died. <laughs> or the train didn't die but like i i mean i does being condemned and having to go to the scrappers count as death like before you get cut up i would say Uh, so trains die when they go to the scrappers and they maybe rise on the third day when they're rescued i don't know okay What? So what if you want? Oh Jesus Christ! What if you have a train and you want to take that train up a big goddamn hill? You get a stationary train at the top to lug it along. Yes, that's what I would do. I get a bunch of large Irishmen to push it. This is my vertical boiler and hot rod. 
<laughs> so the <laughs> first cog railway in the u.s i believe was uh i think it was the mount washington one because it's further east so east is further east in america means older uh but so they started with this first weird little vertical boiler engine it has a great name it's called pepper sass <laughs> and, uh, worked pretty well up until like the last day they threw a big party because they were going to retire it and like the engineer who ran it was having his last day he was going to retire as well uh the the cog broke and it just flew down the mountain and killed the guy last day Imagine like the last night watch on the Nancy, but it like sinks in protest of you. <laughs> I'm taking you with me. <laughs> Rest in peace, Stan Rogers. Yeah. That would be a horrible bonus episode, Stan Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they started building engines closer to center. The like these look and sound kind of goofy, but they're actually very, very cool. Um, this tiny locomotive that's like 20 feet long generates like as much tractive effort as a Mikado, which is like pretty big freight engine. A big, big 282, yes. But this then, is an uh, O, O something, no. It's an O42T. And yeah, then, that's what happens when you have a gear. <laughs> yeah. Well, weirdly, the, uh, the actual like wheels on the outside tracks aren't powered they're just free to rotate the drive rods only power the gears in the middle oh nice because it's not one of the half on the rack half off it's just always on the rack um, but these were actually very successful they just look kind of scary and like crazy and if one's named pepper sass and staring straight up at god it'll probably kill you you can't imagine a brake failure on this would be goddamn terrifying. I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's like you, you have half a second to <laughs> everything about these is terrifying. Why don't they have like a big ramp at the end so you don't, you know? Well, so you ski jump after coming down fourteen thousand feet of hill? No, I'm I'm thinking like a runaway truck ramp, but it, like it's a train. That's how you're gonna get that coffee, yes. Timmy? <laughs> oh, that's what I should have done. Damn it! Hurl it into orbit. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Nice next and warm slide. from re-entry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next slide. So we can't talk about dumb trains without talking about the ones that are literally called steam dummies. Uh, so as trains started running actually within the city limits and down streets, people noticed the horses started to get freaked out a little bit, kind of like I am right now. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I chose 80 star carpet for the background. This is exactly what no. I needed. and so they decided okay these horses are getting scary or getting scared by the uh horses are already scary they started getting scared by the steam locomotives and so they said oh well clearly the horses as we all have known for centuries are scared of round shapes yes (laughs) they they just thought that the boiler was what was scaring them so they hid the boiler and made Uh it look like a little tram car poor poor snuffles Nice. Snuffles thought of a l- round shape and died. <laughs> Just thinking about this like filthy, noisy abomination that comes rattling down the street, and a horse is like, "I'm chill with this because it's yeah. like you know got corners." It's familiar, like Toby the tram. He gets run over by yeah the tram train. And it's just like, yeah. oh, this is fine. At least it's not round. And then it sees a wheel right before it dies, and it's like, oh god. <laughs> uh, 
You see, the, the, the mistake here is assuming horses are capable of thought. If we can, mm, they're very anybody dumb animals. Can think, <laughs> anybody can. I think Ratatouille, uh, historical fiction. Um, <laughs> I need to use the restroom again. I'll be right back. <laughs> again? Yes. Oh, excuse me. Who's got a tiny girlish platter? We've got like, oh god, we've got like ten it's slides okay, they, left. They go, Fuck. they go quick. Here, I'm, I'll try to go faster. Oh, where's my where's my? <sighs> god, I am sorry. Yeah, we should we should be able to get through this pretty quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm sure the people will like enjoy the uh, mm-hmm. hearing like us be entirely fucked from this and be very mm-hmm. understanding and not at all call for our blood oh, in the comments why section. Why are they more awake? Oh, oh no! Why do they make jokes? I listen to this podcast. Fifty-seven thousand years. Disaster. Fuck off! Well, hopefully, no, hopefully, stay on topic. Hopefully, uh, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I would say hopefully this is a bonus episode. Hopefully it's only just like eight thousand people and not forty thousand. I yeah. don't like thinking about the size of so our audience. It gives me anxiety. So it's like um the fucking link anyway. Uh it's like the one fucking wily coyote looks down before he starts. I can't falling. imagine that I don't want to be like this many people uh, following I'm, me on Twitter and I'm just like it's just gonna be good jokes, yo. It's not going to be good. I'm not going to give you good insight. I'm just going to make dick jokes. Yeah, like, I'm so tired. Dude, half of your Twitter is like telling, like, <laughs> various Tesla stamps to kill themselves. I don't themselves. say kill yourself. Yeah, you said suck such my ass. ass. Yeah, suck my ass is dehumanizing, but in a funny way. And that's what I pride myself on. Yeah. Okay, if we have to record this again, I'm going to kill uh, myself. Yeah, Tom, I'm coming for you, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> It's two against one. It's not fair. That's right. about that. Fuck you, man. In fairness, I'm very weak. Roz, I'm in danger. Are you in danger? Go in a bathroom. Fuck yeah. Piss in a cup, you pussy. Liam's gonna kill me. That's right. I'm gonna be like, uh, yeah, we we decided if we have to record this again or like reschedule and redo it, I'm just gonna commit murder, and so is Liam. Okay, so I I mean, I don't know that... Well, I mean, the Trailblazers have uh, pissed live on the uh, podcast, so yeah, yeah go for it. Let yeah, it rip. Well, well, here we are, um, T- Justin. We were gonna like do that for the bathroom break. It was because I'm a wreck. Oh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I think you're doing pretty good. Okay, yeah, you're fine. Okay, okay. fireless locomotives. So let's no. go. Yeah. So <sighs> fire is dangerous. What if we make a steam engine without fire? So some of them were just powered on compressed air, like the one in the upper right, which is three feet tall. So I don't know how you crawl in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's like, like very tiny locomotive. It's like, it's like three or four feet tall. Yeah, you'd have to like just huddle in there. Oh, that's not that 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 roof isn't to go over your head. That covers your knees. <laughs> you got to like slav squat in the I cab. I assume you're working in a mine or something on that. You're just you're just like lying prone out the back with your legs dangling across the rails. <laughs> just one of those old fashioned mines. They got like a eleven year old kid, you know, throwing the switches for you. 
Like, and he, he has mm-hmm. your life in your hands, in his <laughs> oh, hands. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're in a mine, you're also an 11 year old kid. So, like, you can probably fit in. Well, there. that's why they didn't give him a fire. You don't want kids to play with fire. You give them a compressed air locomotive. That's right. No, they, they could die of black lung, yeah. but God forbid they ever see a match. Mm-hmm. Can't let these kids see the light. They'll get they'll they'll get addicted to it. Do not, my <laughs> friends, get addicted to vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> so, despite looking goofy, some of them actually were successful in certain industrial situations, like the semi-streamlined one for the Chesapeake in Ohio in the corner, for where you don't want a fire, like I don't know explosives or whatever. If, if you're running like a, a coal power plant, if you're running like something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's something where you don't want to throw mm-hmm. sparks off. And I love, I love the streamlined fireless locomotives because it's oh, the goofiest yeah. thing imaginable. Because these things could maybe hit 15 miles an hour, but it's like <laughs> so many of them are streamlined for some reason. It's extremely it entertaining. Cool, yeah, because uh, there's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the equivalent of putting a shit ton of fiberglass on yeah. your car. Uh, yeah, I removed it's a. Uh, I I donked I uh-huh. donked my locomotive. Yeah, th- this yeah. is this uh-huh. is a Stingray, <laughs> yeah, uh, Stingray Corvette of uh, yeah. Of you can do this, Alice. You can do this. You get Alice. under there. It's just oh, no. I can't. No, I can't. You get under there, and it's all just shot through with rust. Yes. <laughs> when you were the locomotive. Close. <laughs> the, the funniest one is one that was built in England for the London Underground. This is called Fowler's Ghost. And he said, well, instead of fire, what if I run this train off of some very warm brick? (laughs) (laughs) What if I, what if I make a pizza oven on wheels? In fairness, I, I, I respect the, the being the first guy to go, wait, you're running steam trains underground? Are you insane? Oh, so, so, so somewhere between Donner Pass and London Underground is where you draw the line and start rooting for people's lungs. Well, I mean, they, oh, ran, yeah. they ran steam on the London Underground. Like, the last time they did it was like 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know. But I mean, I, I appreciate that, like, to everybody else, that seemed totally normal. And then this one guy is like, you're gonna what? Yep, yep, yep. You, uh, you, you, let me do the pizza thing okay, let's, instead. Uh, let's try not to asphyxiate people. Ah, you big fucking pussy. Mm-hmm. Listen, <laughs> people gotta get to work. Yeah, you know, what is you, gay or yeah. something? Fella, fellas, is it gay to not asphyxiate? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you trying to do? Not have a, a station filled with smoke? What are you trying to see? Other I men? I believe you should dogs. roll coal straight, through the, uh, straight through the mat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so the problem with filling the uh, the engine with a bunch of warm brick instead of a fire on a coal grate is that you can't drop the fire if there's an emergency because the bricks are all stuck to just take bricks out. Well, the thing is, just take them out. What what have the- we what have we said is the Achilles heel of the steam locomotive? Oh, uh, was not paying attention. Pump. Yep, and so the feed water pump died on this thing, and it wasn't able to pump water in, and it almost exposed the crown sheet. And they had to play a hot potato with a bunch of kiln brick. Cool. I thought that the boiler would only explode if you added more water to it. Mm, no, it's just if the metal is hot enough because there's not water to suck the heat away, it will just get to a point where it becomes malleable and the pressure is what pushes it in. 
Ah, that'll do it. Okay, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was like something like you had to add more water to the boiler to cause the explosion. Um, but I guess yeah. I mean, it just becomes too hot. Okay, yeah. So next, yes. So these weird are weird shit. Yeah, this is just variety weird hour. shit. <laughs> so these are all like some weird form of letter crank or alternate what the design. Hell? This shit. <laughs> Mussies. Is that the fucking Acme boxing glove yeah. out in front? Yeah. So this was this was a patent for the safety pilot, which would you know you just you're driving along, you see a stalled um, train in front of you that you're gonna hit. Your train says new, yeah, it says new new. <laughs> and then the train comes out. It, it does the does the pingu thing. It holds a sign that says uh oh, and the train blinks twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess you just punched the other train away. <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine the idea is that it absorbs the impact. It works like buffers, yeah. But it's except like, it's, it's attached super, to your train. It's a super buffer that makes a funny noise. No, you you, you shoot the tra- you shoot the train in front of you off the track like with a pool cue. Wasn't there? <laughs> Wasn't there a concept for like if uh, trains could just ride up on top of the other train? Yeah, but before the anti climber was the pro climber. It's the pro climber. (laughs) There we go. That's the energy. I like that. We're doing good. This is a good slide. (laughs) If only two of us had slapped more than like ever in the last week, we could have kept this the whole way through. No, I was just getting depressed <laughs> earlier. That was on me. But um, someone also had the idea, what if we build something that is... I don't remember what exactly it's called. The upper left, where it's sort of like a half crank rather than a full rotation crank. It's like an opposed I, lever drive. Yeah, that. I, I can't... I have no idea how this mechanism works. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know how this mechanism works. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the shed at the back and fucking mind your own business. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, uh, whatever happened with it, it ended up getting in a wreck because the lever drive was so ungainly. And then it was rebuilt as like a literal incarnation of Chuffy from Banjo Tooie. Oh, like, that's just explain explain this one on the right to me. The, the monster, an Amboy monster. Some... Someone did a model mm-hmm. of this for Transport Fever too, and I comp- I commend them. For having the the, the the damn gall, I think to it's figure out how this mechanism works. <laughs> um, well, the reason it looks so weird also is because it has that earlier like V hook or gab kind of valve gear, and that's just sort of how crazy it was. Where the hell is even the? Is that the foot plate at the, the left? We're yep. seeing. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. And oh, she's. <laughs> This is like so, the, I'm just my mind's trying to grapple with it, and I'm just getting nowhere. You see, you see that uh, spur gear between drivers two and three. Mm-hmm. This thing's oh, semi-articulated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, of course, it is. Is. there's a reason they call it the monster. <laughs> what? Why did I say that? Like a like a junior high school student spreading gossip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, articulated. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I heard she's articulated. So that that was why they went with this weird crank design is because um, 
they like had to deal with that articulation of it and just it it didn't work <laughs> they tried to rebuild this it is, I, I, this, I too have also had to go with a weird yeah. crank design because of the strange articulation yeah, I remember, of this, okay this was the fucked up rebuild slide okay oh yeah because they rebuilt it and they this forced it so and it was still it <laughs> kind of got worse, because they added more to it, and the more is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the more exposed moving parts there are, the better your locomotive is. That's right. That's right. Just make the mechanism more complicated, and it's better. Yeah. And then, as probably a reaction to this... What is this belt drive here? <laughs> no, that's a Something's... lever crank. Is that a lever crank? It's a lever oh. crank, but it doesn't give any mechanical advantage. Because they're both on the same end of the crane. <laughs> it's like a watch complication. It's just there to be cool. Yeah, this one actually it actually tells you the altitude or some bullshit like that. I don't yeah, know. It's yeah, like yeah. This, is, this tells you what day of the week it is. You don't have to switch between time zones anymore. It tells you what day of the week <sighs> it is, but like in the French Revolutionary calendar. <laughs> Actuates a mechanism that says today is the day of salt, Peter. <laughs> what happened to sugar, Peter? Oh, that was good. That was good. There's no sugar, Peter, Liam. I'll see you that in cool, Liam. God damn you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's how I season my steaks, is salt and sugar every time. <laughs> uh, caramelized steak. Just dumped a bunch of sugar on it. Um, I wonder if... That actually. What is this? This locomotive looks sane. What's happening here? <laughs> um, it's actually very stupid. As like a reaction to these horrifying locomotives that have rods and mechanisms, they said, "What if instead of building the complicated mechanisms, we just have the cylinders tilt back and forth?" It didn't work. I don't like that. Next slide. <laughs> so- <laughs> uh. I am just expecting the next slide to be one of like a cross section where inside the wheels there's just two guys running. <laughs> no, it gets what? it gets not that what, crazy, what, but crazy in different what, ways. What am I looking at here? Upper left. Uh, okay. So that weird smokestack that looks like another dome. That's a primitive feed water heater, which actually isn't the weirdest part of this engine because um, for, I think friend of the podcast, inner urban era informed us that those front and back wheels are actually made of paper. Uh, <laughs> like, well, like apparently, I don't like that. Apparently what? it's just like paper stock that is glued together and formed into some sort of building material. Just like my the, cardboard locomotive. Yeah, it, paper mache? It, yeah, it's, it's like the land version of like the Picrete aircraft carriers. It's just <laughs> they try to build wheels out of paper for trains. The one immediately next to it is funny, because they had a narrow-gauge locomotive they wanted to convert to standard-gauge, and rather than actually doing the work, they just picked up the narrow-gauge engine and plopped it down on the standard-gauge. <laughs> <laughs> on another just half of the bigger wheels, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. The- <laughs> and then next to that is... Like Master Blaster. Yeah. And next to that's another one of those weird uh, like half-crank engines didn't work well. Um, in the very middle is another tilting cylinder design, which I... Uh, <laughs> that looks wrong. I, I understand. I, I, I look at this and I immediately understand how it works and I hate it. 
And then the one on the left was another attempt at semi-articulation. The one underneath it was someone thought... I don't like that linkage. <laughs> no, it didn't work. What if we glued two locomotives together? That would be, that would be like, that would be better, right? Yeah, what, what, what if I want a fairly, but I just have two switchers? <laughs> and what is happening here? <laughs> this is... Remember how the Pikes Peak Railway engines were only for cog railways? Yeah. This is a locomotive for operation on a half cog railway. So like some parts it's worked just on the outside rails, some parts with the cog. The weird tiny like mini me version of the valve gear there is for the cog rails. So you can turn that on or off. Yeah. Why not just have the cog on the axle? Um, because depending on like what part of the gear teeth is catching versus the wheel diameter. Um, you could cause excessive wear to both. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's it for this slide. Next one. Camelbacks. This is an engine so stupid. It asks the question of what if we built a steam locomotive where if it breaks, you're getting an 800 pound forged iron rod right through the middle of your body. That is why hey, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> That's right. So, these... This is... Correct me if I'm wrong. We've seen a cab forward. This is a cab yeah, middle. This is a cab middle, yeah. Midship's cab. Make The firebox is bigger. Mm-hmm. No need for visibility for the firemen. Yeah, firemen hated working on this engine. Engineers hated work. Everybody hated it. They didn't outlaw it until, I think it was 1927. They stopped the but, building of additional ones. Yeah, but the Jersey Central kept using it because they were so good. Yeah, they like, used them they just, into they, the 1950s. Yeah, they were like, they were just, you know, what? because, you know, you had such a huge firebox, you could raise so much steam that it was like, yeah, just fucking go. Especially when you did like, especially for like commuter trains with the Jersey Central obviously had because, you know, New York City, so on and so forth. It was like, you can just accelerate like hell with one of these guys. Mm-hmm. And you were burning anthracite on these. Yep, which needed so, a, a larger grate because it burns slowly. Hmm. And it's just burning in front of you and behind you? Well, one or the other, depending on if you had the good job, which is bad, uh-huh. or the bad job, yeah. which is worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, those two guys don't need to talk to each other. Ever. Never, no. Yeah, no never no, have, actually. Good, no good, good engine for introverts. Yeah. It, it's such a, like, uh, odd couple, I like, uh, tape ta- <laughs> halfway down the middle of the apartment marking our side. <laughs> side. A small bean who has anxiety. <laughs> and also, <laughs> oh, massive, massive, I also want to throw my back out. <laughs> Just shoveling anthracite into this giant firebox. Two uh, tons an hour or some bullshit. There, there is, in fact, something dumber than this. Next slide. <laughs> Alice, you might recognize this one. Hold <laughs> on a second. <sighs> okay. So. 
run it past me. You know what? I- explain this to me. So I, I know this looks like just standard modern London underground stock, you know, on Remdesivir mm-hmm. or whatever that steroid cocktail was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever they shoot Trump up with yeah. to like make him not die yeah, of the he's coronavirus. Gone off that fen fen. Whatever killed Anna Nicole Smith, that's what they have Trump on. Oh, dear. <laughs> Folks, well, the Northern Land, the Northern Line, it's great. Folks, I. I've been I've been to Cockfosters and <laughs> <laughs> this is why they tell you to mind the gap is because there's now twelve feet in the air and vertical. <laughs> Climbing up a ladder to get on the train. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this locomotive That's was, just a low level platform in the United States, actually. Um <laughs> So this locomotive was big, it was stupid. Uh what happened is it's like an internal steam boiler in the center part of that. And then that runs to, I believe, a chain drive, which goes into the front and back. And uh, the main thing, it was big. It was just really difficult to maintain. It was meant to replace that tiny little tank engine in the corner. And so, (laughs) like, literally, uh, Hollywood allegedly built it to replace the Drummond M7 tanks, which are these tiny, like, Victorian era, well, based on a Victorian design like little tiny tank engines on, you know, secondary routes and light rail. And so he wheels out this big monster truck on steam. It's like it's it's like a class fifty eight, but like yeah, but like Truckosaurus first. It's, it's a steam class fifty eight. That's exactly it. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> and uh the weird thing is if you're a fireman, again with shitty secondary cab placement, you don't get mm-hmm. one of the end places. You have to be in a little side door in the middle, and it's hot <laughs> enough that a lot of people thought they were going to be cooked alive on them. We we genuinely get got closer every day to just like putting a guy in and the asbestos suit that we saw earlier in the firebox while it was running. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. Labor productivity, folks. <laughs> uh. Don't be don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Listen. <laughs> That's right. If you have to put on an asbestos suit, it's fine. Sometimes you have to just go and work every day in, in a, a big grill on well, the inside yes. of it. Listen, in order to power socialism, you have to go work inside this volcano. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I have good news. The uh, the bonus round is done. Is it like is it like a fun? Is it like a fun volcano? No, you have to work inside the lava. So we did it. We we got through the we got through the oh, thing. Oh, we done. Thank God. Okay, bye. We got through, we got through the bonus round. I honestly, so, I would just call it here. This is, no, this is we, we we got a couple more. We can go through them quick. Okay. We're just here to look at this nice Boston Please, Maine locomotive. Power here. cleanser. Mm-hmm. So, Alice's name is just fuck you. <laughs> Do you not notice that before now? No. That's the energy that I went into this with. I'm so tired. I've oh fucking my, my eyelids feel like they're melting, dude. I <sighs> welcome, welcome to the so, there's your problem work camp. Where yes. uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we we repent of all of our previous crimes against Justin. Um no, except for me. I don't repent for shit. So there were You will uh, podcast until you are happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh no. 
the podcast will continue until morale approves. And <laughs> so that you didn't want to do podcast boxing. These were. <laughs> we will do a shitty meme that says, no, this is podcast pod boxing, boxing. Yeah. but it's me fighting you. Somebody Photoshop that. <laughs> uh, fight me first. Just fucking get me right between the eyes so I don't even be awake for this anymore. So, yeah, right. so these were attempts by modern companies to try to do like modern steam projects. The top one is a weird steam engine with like a diesel cover on it. Well, I always appreciate a chassis livery, but yes. Yeah, from American Coal Enterprises. That was during the energy crisis. They were like, you know, I Oil is expensive. What if we went back to coal? Yeah. They're not making Reject any more modernity. Yeah. Embrace prediction. And then uh, there was also the 5AT and the 8AT modern steam projects in Britain. Those never got mm. off the ground. There was an attempt yeah, to make... Yeah, because they're just entirely yeah. like... Not even boomer nostalgia, but like pre-boomer nostalgia it's, drives. It's literally just like a... A BR yeah, what standard if we just five. had? Yeah, what if we just had a standard 5 back like you remember? Wouldn't that be cool? Please, mm. can we? Can we? Can we? Can we please? And also the yes. 8F, because they had to have two, and then not build either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were going to do a similar modern Steam sort of like optimization with 3463 that fell through and yeah. just got downgraded to just cosmetic restoration only. And now yeah, they're going to start... That was the Coalition for Sustainable Rail, right? They, they yeah. were trying to figure out, like, how do we run historic locomotives with more eco-friendly fuels and they were like trying to do like torrified biomass as opposed to coal right no mm -hmm. no no there's an easy answer to this and that's you know that big coal tender yeah you take all the coal out and you put in a nuclear reactor oh good idea alice no, no. yeah yeah Especially. that's what you do that's what you do no it's surrounded as it's surrounded by water though that's the shielding mm -hmm. it's fine that's also a feed water heater as well I think we're onto something here, lads. What I've done yeah. is I've made the steam engine sustainable again. That's so smart. smart. <laughs> All you have to do is put like a, a small nuclear reactor in there. And then another one they're doing is um, the uh, T1 locomotive trust. This is the big Pennsylvania Railroad duplex. They're like, well, let's build another one. Let's see if it can actually break the record. <laughs> 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 and they're surprisingly far along oh, with it. Yeah. That is, it looked it looked like this is an impossible project when this it started. They have they have the whole boiler finished. <laughs> Good oh, lord! They have the frame ordered. It's actually going to happen. Yeah, like the boiler <laughs> being finished is like the hardest part of any steam restoration. The fact that they, I'm scared. That's too fast. <laughs> we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit 150. <laughs> well. And of course, uh, in Britain, they had the uh, A1 Peppercorn Trust. Uh, they built mm -hmm. the tornado just from scratch. Yep. <laughs> it runs, it's cool. Yes. It went 100 miles Fast. an hour recently. Mm -hmm. for, oh, uh, damn. Yeah, for certification on the main line. It put, uh, it put Jeremy Clarkson in this place. Uh, <laughs> 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 they've, they've got an AWS in there, too, which is the funniest thing to me. It's just like, with your no visibility, you now have a little bolted-on panel that will tell you the signal ahead. There, there was some incident in, like, 2008 that kind of prompted that, where a Heritage mm -hmm. uh, steam locomotive uh, did, a, did a good old SPAD signal past at danger. Um, and they're like, oh, oh shit. 
we should probably equip these locomotives with modern safety devices. (laughs) 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 Which is something we haven't done in the United States. Instead, the people who own the locomotives are like, I'm not putting safety devices on there. I'm just going to keep it in a shed forever. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, hopefully they'll all die off soon. (laughs) And then... This is recent steam that has been running in the Global South. So the guy in the mm. upper left is a really cool dude. His name is Livio Dante Porta. Um, he is an Argentinian uh, railway engineer who has come up with m- pretty much most of the modern science of steam locomotives after diesel So he developed stuff like the now very common Lempore exhaust, which uses, um, again, like sort of the... Um, convergent divergent cone science in order to improve drafting Um, he's also designed something called the cyclonic firebox which is circular in profile and basically creates like a corkscrew of air which allows more complete combustion Hmm. Um, then of course there's the red devil which was a south african 484 it's classified as 20 uh, class 26 is built from the engine below it which is a class 25 condenser and the tender the reason it's so big and has all those radiator rails is because um, they had to expunge a lot of heat from the water in order to reuse it and in order to get around problems with drafting they installed basically like a tiny little jet engine in the stack no it just sucks the draft through and they can go like 800 kilometers between water stops it's kind of impressive condensing tender you know that's like a, a smart one either that or you put a water pan in but you know it, it, water yeah it's a it's not, a backpack so for a train it carries <laughs> stuff <laughs> fucking love these things they're great um, it's just the, the red devil so concept is absurd what 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 <laughs> what 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 mm? what in the lower mm? left is a garrett locomotive <laughs> and <laughs> No, this is basically two locomotives back to back. Sleep. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) My my ass is falling asleep. I can't (laughs) Listen, the ass circulation is an essential health and safety concern for the podcaster. I'm gonna sue Brian's and That's right. This is on on this is a culture of unsafe work practices. I'm gonna OSHA your ass to hell, Roz Jack. Yeah. I have no ass and I must poop. <laughs> <laughs> and when I expressed my concerns to Foreman Rosniak, he mocked me in vulgar terms. So, the gear class of locomotive built uh, by Bayer Peacock, as uh, I think Justin said earlier. Um, yeah. It's a type that was very common in Africa because it had a light axle loading to run on the very light rail. Um, Then the engine in the lower right is a Chinese QJ, um, which is one of the last mass-produced steam locomotives built, I believe, up to 1989 they were building. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought it was like 2003. No, they they were running on mainline service until 2006, I believe. They were, um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, QJ, uh, they were originally called, I think I think it's King G, which is uh, anti-imperialism. Hell yes. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Yes. <laughs> also one of the only uh, 2102s that were built that didn't have the weird hunting oscillation problem. 
that um, other two ten twos tended to have. Uh, next slide. Wait, wait, which is this one up here? Oh, the the streamline one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the um, that's the Argentina. That's a four cylinder compound. That is, I think, the only locomotive port they got to completely design on its own, rather than doing uh, work for like other existing engines. Uh, I see. This is uh, this is an interesting one. Um, this was never built, but it was like a concept that. So a man named Luigi Coloni, right? He's a German guy who changed his name so it would sound what? Italian. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. What? What yeah. if a German guy were Italian? What if a German guy was? What if Italian? a German guy were pretending to be Italian? I know. Uh, right? Is this going to be the Giuseppe Hitler bit again, or? Kind <laughs> <laughs> uh, does is, uh, look like a, like yeah. What if Hitler, but with a handlebar mustache? <laughs> The concept locomotive he designed for the Baikal Amur main line, which I believe was started under Stalin, canceled under Khrushchev, and restarted under um, Brezhnev. Wait, does he have a decal of his face on the tender? Yes. What yes. This is supposed to be a coal dust fired steam locomotive for the Baikal Amur main line. Yeah, the Baikal Amur main line, of course, the Soviet Union built a second Trans-Siberian Railroad, which was farther away from China after the Sino-Soviet <laughs> split. Um, totally yeah, enclosed yeah. cab up front. I like that a lot. I know, right? One, one of the things is, like, of course, the wheels are angled, right? So combined with hammer blow from the, uh, from the side rods... That's gonna not go. That your your gauge is gonna get wider. <laughs> oh, gonna yeah, it, yeah, it's it's a gauge <laughs> widening train. It's a gauge widening train. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations, you invented a way to clip through the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to like some real kerbal physics where you just like <laughs> clip through the ground, spin at five hundred thousand miles mm. an hour, and then shoot off into space. This does look like a KSP build. <laughs> it really does. So anyway, the Soviets wound up going with diesel locomotives. Mm. <laughs> and then, real steam of the future. Yeah, like, everyone's had crazy, wacky ideas of what steam railroading would be like in the future. You know, is it going to be these, you know, polished chrome trains or whatever? Are they going to be flying? Are they going to be, like, a Futurama joke? But the truth is, like, steam locomotives in the future are the most simple and reliable ones that were running before. Like this is Sandaoling, which is a coal mine in Mongolia. And one of the um, main things about this is it's, you know, just one of those places way out in the remote middle of nowhere. It's probably cheaper just to burn the coal to get it out of the mine rather than just importing in diesel from like hundreds of miles away. So it actually does make, um, you know, like operating sense. And weirdly, this is the, these just, the only big steam operation left in the world, I believe. I believe so as well, because I've been looking um, a lot of South African railways used to run steam. Recently, some Botswana copper railways did, um, but those have been phasing it out. Um, the Darjeeling Himalaya Railway, another last holdout for it, has been converting to diesels. Send well, I don't think that Darjeeling Railway is big steam. 
<laughs> it's it's still in like a regular service though. It's not like a well, tourist that's true, line. Yeah. Like it it does like regular meter stuff, but the the thing is like this is just sort of what was going to make it just the stuff that could be built reliably and take abuse and just handle like the ro- the loads enough to be easily maintained and oh, I can't talk right now. <laughs> they do like a push pull operation here, right? Uh, yeah, you know, they just they just go back and forth and it's like, okay, just run the locomotive in reverse for ten miles. That's yeah, fine. They, ju- <laughs> they just like they just zigzag up and down the sides of the mine. Um, but yeah, this is what steam will be in the future. They've tried to replace these basically every year since I think 2016 and somehow they still just keep running. Like it, the fleet went from 10 or 12 down to eight. And then recently I think down to four, but there's still probably going to be a couple of these running like years from now. Mm. I found, um, I found a write up about this that I was just skimming through. And, uh, there's a caption here that is pretty sad. Uh, there's a photo of one of these uh, going past uh, the skyline at uh, Sandaoling. A train peacefully passes the ruins of a Uyghur mosque in the Nanquan area of the old town of Sandaoling. The mosque has since been demolished. So, oh, no. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's going poorly. Yeah. It's going to outlast a lot, huh? Oh. I mean, that's the next slide. It's- Thomas painted. <laughs> yeah. I, the end. Oh, it's the end. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. well, I, I guess the steam trains didn't demolish the mosque. That's a minion of Canada. <laughs> God damn it. What? No, that's the next slide. I know. I just, I'm looking oh, at it. Anyway, this is, this is the, this is the part where Tom, oh, I you, forgot you there's a Patreon. More. Where you 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 do paintings, right? You should do a commercial. I, I don't I don't want to do a commercial. <laughs> do a commercial, Tom. Do the commercial, Tom. Three fucking hours of this. Just three hours and six minutes. Do a goddamn commercial. Do do it. Give give Tom your money. Oh, this shit. This is the part where like, pictures. This is the part where Arlie Ermy sticks a donut in Gomer Pyle's mouth, and all the others have to do push-ups. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh God, he's gonna come and shoot us all. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. <laughs> I am in a world of steam. Yeah, this, right. this has been the world of steam, and yes. way too late to have done this. Oh. I'm sorry to everyone. I'm oh. sorry to myself. Oh boy. Fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Go Justin, what did, you, what did you put in in the last one? Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> I'm very tired. <laughs> Justin, what's what's over there? What's over? What's over here? Well, I figure. Okay, so number one, uh, Tom Coletti does art. Uh, you no, can I, see meant, art I meant here. The, the minions thing you did. Yeah. Well, no, I was gonna go. I was gonna do the commercial for you. Oh. Because you were too tired to do so. Tom Coletti does art. You can go to his Patreon. You can get some art. You can commission him to do art. Uh, the art is good. You should buy the art. Um, and, and also does it also does various other things. He's a very talented and entertaining man. Um, now, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the final slide, which is the... 
Minion of Canada. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, yeah. not doing this. Yes. That's the, uh, that's where we're ending. It's the Minion of Canada. I've seen this locomotive. Same. Um, I was with you. <laughs> All right. Got an expo rail. All right. Goodbye, everybody. It's over. Yeah. Are we yeah. done? Are we done? I think we're, we're, done. Done. we're done. Are we done? We're done. Good. We're Bye. Done. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, fuck. We're fuck off. We're done. Good. Bye. <laughs> yes. Bye, <Al>. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I'll see you for the next one when I've actually slept and I'm oh, back to like being able to be entertaining instead of doing three hours of. Trust me, trust me. However, however mad, however mad you think I am, I'm madder at myself because I'm supposed to be entertaining, and instead I've just been a miserable piece it's of shit. Two a.m. your time. Go to bed, Alice. Yeah. All right. Yes. Fuck you. Bye. Uh, good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm stopping this recording. 